here. I I know, I know. But like, you gotta stop Fuck. playing it at some point. Here, please stop interrupting me. You, I fucking love this song. You've been playing for five hundred hours straight. You have to stop at some point. I have not gone Waltz of the Moon perfect, and I love it too much. Did you see that scene where Squall and Renoa are like, oh, we're kissing, and then she's like, you're going to like me, I'm going to hypnotize you into liking me? And it's the first time Squall ever laughs in the entire game? They have so much fucking chemistry, I love it! That was a miss. Shit. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we have fully, That's okay, I got to the end of the song. Lost him. Thank you, Yustola. That was great. S-rank, new record, that's all I need. Eleven bads doesn't even matter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Design Dork's Gaiden. I'm Pyrrhic Kong, host of the channel Designing 4. With me, as always, is the guy who owns this channel. Yep, I am the Duke of Dorks. It was difficult, but I managed to pull Pyrrhic Kong away from his theater rhythm long enough to host this podcast. They got like over 400 songs, and I played all of them. This is the show where we talk about the games we've played, the news we've seen, some other cool stuff, and some comments from you guys. It's a good time. It it, it is? Okay, it is. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it. I don't know about you. Oh, no, I, I, I enjoy it. I just didn't think people listened to it. Oh, no, we got like a whole, like, 150 people on Spotify. 150... We have a whole Pokedex of people. Yo, do get the names of all of those people and put them into a rap. I I don't have the names. I do have their locations though, which is kind of creepy. Okay, look at the, get all of their locations <laughs> and we will cities. rap all of the locations. <laughs> so if you are one of the 150 people, this is a shout out to you in the future when Duke remembers to do this when he edits this. I I, I that do I no. That's okay. We're your parasocial friends. It'll be great. Indeed. Indeed. Well, this was a month. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, I really want... Oh my gosh, it's 600. I haven't looked at this for a while. What? We, we've got, like, I don't, I, I don't... How many Pokedexes is that? Four? Yeah, that's, uh, that'd be through Gen 5, I think. Yeah, that, that's an issue. I can't Pokerap that many people. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it's 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 been a been a month. L last time I was delayed because life was good. This time I was delayed because life is bad, and because the Ridley video is so long. It's gonna be like three videos when it's done, but I passed the hour mark. <laughs> yeah, on my end, I just have like thirty percent of like five different videos done right now, but I've hit stopping points on every single one of them. But by the time this comes out, I should have the episode on at least Exodia out, so. Hopefully, hopefully. No, that's not hopefully, I, that's almost definitely. Alright, if you're that confident to possibly jinx yourself, I'll believe you. <laughs> if I don't say it, then I won't make it happen. But if I say it like this, then I can scare people into making it happen. Ah, okay, I see, I see, I'm following, I'm following. But yeah, we talk about video games, um... This is a weak intro. <laughs> uh, Dingpots and Dragons. This is the segment where we check if Banjo or Ridley was relevant in the media. They were not. They were not. This I, has been I don't Dingpots think and Dragons. Even tertiarily, nothing. 
Uh, well, no. Uh, tertiarily, um, one of the Stamper Brothers did come out with a beta version of Twelve Tales Conquer 64. So that is tertiarily Banjo. I have taken the lead. Gained the lead. No, th- taken the lead? Taken the lead. <laughs> because as we all know, Twelve Tales Conquer 64 would have been a better game than Metroid Prime. I don't know what you've been smoking lately, but you haven't shared any with me. It's disappointing. I don't. I'm straight edge, baby. I live on that good banjosity. Mmm, okay, the banjosity, yes. Yeah. I take the guh, and you're left with the huh. It makes sense. <laughs> That's okay. I believe June, June is the time. That's when the banjo is coming out. It's going to play a tune, and you aren't going to like it, because it's an acquired taste, and Americans hate country music unless they love it. Yeah, no, that's accurate, that's accurate. Ugh, okay, what you been playing lately? Besides theater rhythm. Yeah, uh, did clear all the songs on that, guess what, that game is still fantastic, you unlock an endless mode at the end of it, and you just get to keep going until you fail three quests, and at some points the quests become ridiculous, like, do 10,000 damage, steal nine treasure chests from enemies, beat Safer Sephiroth three times. It's great. I love it. Nice. Yeah, they just came out with the Nier Automata tracks. I did not know they would have Emil's shop theme, which is just Emil singing a song about how he wants to sell things to you. <laughs> it's so good. Love that boy. Other than that, I would say only one major game that I want to talk about this month, and that is Final Fantasy VIII. Now, I want to know what your impression of FF8 is. Okay, so like all Final Fantasies, my first exposure to that game was Dissidia Duodecim. Mm-hmm. So it was all Laguna interacting with that Cloud of Darkness and Squall being Squall. It was yeah, that's probably the one I was least interested in. <laughs> and I never followed through with it. I did okay. like Man with, Ma- with a Machine Gun, though. That was a really that good is song. That a great song. So... I was introduced to Final Fantasy VIII when I was a teenager, and uh, do you remember that guy with the glasses.com channel awesome nostalgia critic? Yes. Uh, the Spoonie one uh, did a full, like, I think four or five part review on Final Fantasy VIII, and this was my first ever long form YouTube content that I got into. Like, the videos were longer than 20 minutes long, which I'm like, you can do that? <laughs> it was multi-part. It went through an entire game that I had never experienced before. I got the feeling of simultaneously the angry reviewer overacting, a full Let's Play, and the start of video essaying, honestly, through that. And it was through a seethingly negative teardown of this game. Like, as long as I have known it, Final Fantasy VIII has been a weird, freaky game for weird people that is just bad and overindulgent in its mechanics, nearly unplayable in how difficult it is to understand, and dull when you do get into the deep end of it. And every other person's impression of this game has only gotten me to, at the most positive, go, yeah, there are ideas there, I guess. And otherwise are, yeah, this game is miserable, it is my least favorite Final Fantasy, or at least bottom three, out of people who have played the entire series. 
I really like it. Really? Yeah. And this is, like, mind-blowing to me, because my entire exposure to this game for decades has been, it would be fun to tear down. Like, this game occupies the same kind of brain space for me that Sonic 2006 does. I can, I can see that, yeah. Just in how it has been portrayed and sold to me again and again and again, and I really like it. Because it is a game about loser teenagers where the game knows that they are all massive losers. And it runs with that. They are treated dismissively by everyone around them, and Squall is the most petulant little child going, Yeah, whatever. I don't care. And everyone around him is like, You're the most predictable individual I have ever met. I'm going to say your lines before you do. And they do, and he's like, Whatever. <laughs> it's so good. All of these kids just act like stupid little shit kids. I don't know if working with kids for so long has just made me acclimate to them, but I see these characters that would be like annoying anime shonen characters, but I'm like, the game knows they're inherently flawed. And I understand from a power fantasy standpoint that playing as a bunch of petulant, whiny losers who can barely keep a plan together and have to have temper tantrums and calm themselves down might be a huge pain, but I love it. Like, after eight games of Persona writing, this is refreshing. I can, That's an interesting perspective, but I can kind of see where you're coming from with the game. Because, like, I haven't played it, but I know the general themes of it, and mm -hmm. it is definitely different from the average fare that we have nowadays. The gameplay, I actually really like. So, the only base command that you have with you is your attack. Otherwise, you have to draw spells out of enemies. So, you'll use a command called draw, and you'll get, like, five blizzards, three mm -hmm. thunders, one demi. And then you have that stock of them, and you can continue drawing from enemies as long as you want, as long as they don't kill you. But some rare spells you get less and less from, and so on and so forth. And then you can either have those spells to use as spells, or depending on what summon you have, you can use that summon's natural strengths to attach those spells directly to your attack stat, or your magic stat, or your spirit stat, or whatever. And that will strengthen you, but you'll get weaker as you use that magic, as you deplete your total from it. And then you can subjunction, so you can be like, I junction it to my attack element, so now my basic attack will always be fire element. Or I junction it to my magic defense, so now I am immune to wind spells or something like that. And it's really, really convoluted and stupid, and you only get like five at a time and animations are really long in this game. But guess what? The remastered version has a times three speed feature. That's always nice. I get the same feeling from drawing from enemies as I do when I'm, like, grinding Pokemon or shiny hunting. Oh, oh, okay, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. It's just comfortable, that feeling of constantly getting closer to a goal, and also every time that you beat an enemy, you get some experience for your summon, which is called the Guardian Force, and they learn new skills. Like, at the start, uh, you can only junction to, say, uh, your magic defense stat, but if Quetzalcoatl 
gets enough battles in him, then he gets a magic spell that replaces your ability to use items with an ability to turn a weakened enemy into a trading card. And then you can use the trading card to play the trading card game. And then he gets an ability where he can turn the trading card into items, and those items can be turned into magic using another summon's ability. It is a ridiculously convoluted system for being able to utterly break your characters, because enemies just scale with you, in general. There's no, like, decent level progression, it's that if you're level 13, the enemy will also be level 13. Nice. And and you could go like, oh, this kind of breaks game balance, I'm encouraged to not fight as much as possible. But you get to do more things the more that you level, you get to be more multifaceted. So you can, like, do a level 5 playthrough where you just try to max out your attack and only fight bosses. You can do that. But I like the ability to constantly grow, to constantly expand, and my characters feel so uniquely customizable because their limit breaks are all gimmicks and minigames. Squall's limit break is just a timed hit command. Zell's is just... Can you do fighting game inputs? If you do all of them really fast, do a giant combo move. Renoa's is, I have a dog. My dog will do a trick and it'll do something. And if you read a dog magazine, my dog will learn new tricks based on how much I walk with my dog. Sure. Quistus's is just blue magic. and But she only gets blue magic as a limit break. There's so much consideration that makes each character feel a lot more unique than they did in FF7. And then there's the card game, which is just a big dumb game for math nerds, and I like it a lot. <laughs> and then you can win unique cards, and you can keep those cards because they're really good cards. Or you can turn them into like 100 black holes, which you can refine into like 100 demis which you could then junction to your attack stat to get big attack stat, but then you don't ever get the card back because it was a unique card. This sounds like the kind of game where I just would never progress with the story because this is the... It's a very appealing-sounding system to just mess with. I have always thought it would be impenetrable. It trickles it into you very nicely, honestly. Biggest issues with the game was honestly just that it takes forever to get into battles and the draw, pass, draw, pass generally is slow, but at times three speed, I found it really comfortable. Nice. So as long as you're just doing it triple as the, what they intended to, it's a good game. Well, the triple speed is included in the remastered version. You just hit a button and now everything is on triple speed. But it keeps the music the same. And by the way, oh, this is yes. my favorite soundtrack in any FF game. Whoa. I love, like, every song in this. Like, even the stupid Timber Owls theme is the most, <laughs> they're idiots kind of theme I have ever heard. But yeah, Eyes on Me, amazing song. Uh, Liberty Fatale is an incredible intro song. Uh, boss theme is great. Man with the Machine Gun is fabulous. All four versions of the final boss theme, because there are four versions of it for each phase, are great. Fisherman's Horizon is the perfect little peaceful song. Every time that they use Eyes on Me as a motif, like for Waltz in the Moon, which is why I was playing earlier, or for Love Blossoms, when it's a romantic scene, you get to feel it. They use that motif so well as a storytelling element. And then sometimes you get to play as Laguna. And Laguna's just great. Like... 
No notes. Just fantastic. But you only get to play him in dream sequences. And then Squall is like, oh my god, this is so cringe. Why am I this man? He's actively doing commentary over his own dream sequence where he's Laguna. And then he wakes up and goes, that was awful. I dreamed I was a moron. Oh, I, I don't know if I would enjoy it in the moment, but hearing someone describe it, that sounds amazing. <laughs> no, I really enjoy most everything I've played about this game. It is such a strong deconstruction of the idea of an RPG. I'm not that far. I'm still in disc one. I only just murdered the zombie president. As one does, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly because I spent like five hours playing Triple Triad in the garden. Yep, that, that checks. <laughs> And also, I found a lamp, and I rubbed it, and the devil came out, and I beat up the devil, and he gave me his trading card, and also <laughs> said he would be my friend, so. <laughs> but I also spent, like, an hour on his fight just drawing Demi from him and healing off, and it was a fun balance. I enjoyed doing that. I'm just blown away at how much I'm enjoying a game that I have been predisposed to hate for more than half of my life. Yeah, it goes to show that you can't trust reviews for all of your opinions. Sometimes just something just clicks with you. Exactly. You can't trust YouTubers for anything. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> but other than that, that's been my major thing. Just that and squeezing all the blood I can out of the theater rhythm stone. Otherwise, it's been mostly channel business for me, unfortunately. All right, all right. Nothing wrong with that. It's been busy. What about you? Uh, only really two things. Uh, normally I really hate poking into betas for games I think I'm going to play when they come out. I, I don't like getting the appetizer for my meal three months before- three months? Three months before the main course. Mm -hmm. But my brother has been absolutely harassing me to play Diablo 4 with him, and I eventually caved and decided to check that out, see how much of a disaster it was. Uh... Blizzard continues to suck at launching anything. That was a hilarious three-hour queue time to get in and only to get booted out. Yeah, that sounds right. But once I got into it, like, I don't want to uh, get my hopes up, but it's got the vibes and the music that I was missing from 2, as well as, like, the build variety. It's, it's, I'm so scared of how monetization is going to ruin it, but I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. I earnestly believe that people who really loved Diablo 2 will continue to work on Diablo games. I also believe that executives who have never played a Diablo game will know exactly how to wring money out of it and make it a miserable experience. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see how that shakes out. But it's not oh, there yet. checking out right now. I fully believe that they are pulling the wool directly over your eyes. And you're going, wow, this wool is so comfortable. It reminds me of home. Maybe, yeah. I just haven't seen how the system works yet. But the uh, writing for the villain in five lines was better than any of the dialogue in three, which was nice to see. The gameplay is actually fun for once, whereas three was just a grind. And they did the whole persona death thing. Is it death? No, the Grim Reaper. The, the thing that shows up in the, the, the yeah the you're Reaper. exploring. They did that with the Butcher, except instead of a warning system, he just shows up and kills you in three hits. And that okay. scared me. That was fun. Oh, good. Jump scares. Yeah, I don't know. Cautiously optimistic, but ca cautious as in maybe the volcano won't erupt tomorrow. We're spewing up sulfurous gas, as I can see. Dude, I feel safer being a Final Fantasy VIII stan 
than trying to defend Diablo 4. Yeah. And I fully believe, like, you had a good time and it is a good game from all the content there. But know that I'm going to be nothing but negative. Yeah, that's your prerogative. I yeah, don't mind. it's fine. I think that's content. Alright, apart from that, the only other major thing was that I finally finished Signalis, which it it was so funny, like last time I was talking about, oh yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm just 20 minutes away, I'm almost there, I go down into the mine, because like, I've I've always heard about this game, the big criticism was always like, it's so short, it's too short, and I've been like, okay, I only fought one boss, there's probably gonna be one more at the end, that would make sense from what I'm hearing. I get to the bottom of the mine, and there's just this meaty hole in the ground. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is where the final boss is. And I enter into an area where it's just like, oh, there's an entirely new map here. Oh, dude, you found the meat hole world? Yeah. You found the portal to the meat dimension? Nice. And it's just a slowly dawning, oh, no, this is much longer than I thought it was. Get, get, just continue on, get to another map, one without a map, and one that does... <sighs> so imagine you're in a top-down game, you exit a room on the right side of the screen, but then you enter the next room from the same right side of the screen, and you have no map. Every direction you go in is reversed as you enter this just hell dimension, for lack of a better way to put it? This sounds like a fucking chainsaw manpower. It was so... Just bizarre and horrifying and scary. I just, oh my god, I loved it so much. Like, I, I've never played a horror game that had the balls to just remove your ability to know where you are. But, like, it increases the tension so much. You're just trying to remember, okay, I've got the thing. I've got the little hexagonal piece that I have to insert into the puzzle, which it, it was right, but right is left, and then up is down, so I have to go left and then down twice and then right, and then, oh god, there's a thing chasing after me. <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad that the game was able to weaponize the who's on the first routine. <laughs> yeah, I at the time I was talking about it last time, I could see why people were praising it, but I didn't quite get the outstanding 10 out of 10 praise for it. I absolutely get it now, because once I got to the end of that, it throws a fake end at you, and then all of a sudden you're at the beginning again, except that it's just kind of dead space necromorph, just there's flesh everywhere. There, there's I don't want to spoil too much, but there's this weird, like, overview of uh, duplicating and controlling personalities in, like, semi-organic bodies. Kind of, It's like a kind of enslavement, almost, just duplicating the same personality that they know is good for certain tasks and just keep using it over and over and over again. And just how that Shit, eventually... Like that a story idea. Right? And it just how it can you know, just blow up in your face in all sorts of different ways. And then that just messes with your perception so much. As you, like, take damage, you'll start to just... It, it's got not quite a... Not quite a... The game Eternal Darkness measure of just messing with, like, computer settings. But you start doubting if what you are seeing is real very quickly when you are injured. There will just be an item on the ground that isn't actually there. Or I, I, I swear the items keep jumping into my inventory when I put them down in the storage box. I don't know if I'm just not remembering, but it's freaking me out. Uh, there, there's one enemy design in this game. I, I, I've never audibly said what the fuck is that to any horror game I've played, but with the precedent that this game sets of just being like, oh, they're just kind of zombified robot creatures, there's one thing in this game that has more deeply unsettled me with its design than, like, any other game I've played. 
I won't spoil it in case people want to play it, but, like, there's something in this thing. I do like that, because, like, my brain can only imagine the most hideous combination of fleshy masses. And I wonder, oh, what's worse than weird fleshy masses, other than that one boss from Catherine? It, it just takes a weird, like, right direction, and you're in a really darkly lit room, and you just see its silhouette, and you're just like, oh, that is so wrong. That is some Silent Hill monstrosity. Well, that's good. Yeah, but at the same time, you're, you're having the constant, like, horror game, like, growth and power. Like, you get a grenade launcher, just as is, which feels great when you first see it, because, like, oh, shit, I have grenades now, but then you start running into encounters when where you need it. Right. And then the ending and general narrative, I, I again, don't want to spoil anything, but this is a very, very touching, very heartbreaking game about, God, I don't even want to say that. It made me feel the feels, and it's I like that, that. kind of hopeless, just Silent Hilly, just like, oh no, nothing's going to go right, and you can't fix that, so you just kind of have to live with it. I like games that make you feel things, and you can't describe them any better than it made me feel things, and I liked it. Oh, I, I could absolutely describe it better, but I don't think I could describe it without spoiling the plot points of what Oh no, I, I get you, I get you. But, like, that desire to go, you should feel this way I feel. Yeah. Even if it's a shitty feeling, I want you to feel it. Yeah, you feel- just embrace the humanity of a moment. Yeah. Also, just one last thing. Final bosses in these sorts of games tend to just be bullet sponges as you- everything you've collected over the course of the game just gets used all at once as you just dump it into some giant hit point sack. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen Silent Hill Final Bosses. Yep. Uh, this one, absolutely not. This is the best final boss I've ever seen in a horror game. Ooh! Like, it has... Again, not want to spoil things, but, like, it's one of those boss fights where you have to wait for it to do a certain thing to damage it with a certain thing, and it's constantly summoning mobs at the same time that it's also killing with its own abilities, so you're kind of trying to make it attack in a certain way to kill the enemies that are coming after you to save your ammo. It's a really engaging fight. Very nice. Ah, uh, yeah. Signalis. Fantastic game. Would highly recommend. Awesome. I'm glad that I guessed correctly. It was a shot in the dark and you scored true. Hey, that's what I'm good at. Uh, but that was it. That, that is all I played. So we didn't play much, but we did have a bunch of time, a bunch of self-reflection, and uh, we both did something this past month. We both went down a list of our top 100 video games of all time. Uh, this is just personal to us and our experiences and which ones we like the most. Yeah, for anybody out there asking why, uh, first off, because Pierre made a really nice looking template and I had to copy it because it looked really good. I really like templates. <laughs> Thank you. There is no easy template for this. I Gosh, who did I copy this off of on Twitter? One second. Because I saw a gentleman and I was like, ooh, I want that. Uh, yes. At Jack Lockjaw on Twitter. Alrighty, alrighty. I stole that from him wholesale. By which I mean I just did the same thing and it was a lot of work. <laughs> um, we will pop them up on screen as we're discussing them, but, uh, for the sake of audio, I guess we'll say it. Uh, these are in the order that they released chronologically. Yes, I do not think I could organize this from 1 to 100 in terms of favorites. That, ju that just sounds like a nightmare. To I try could to maybe do 1 to 50. 
Ma- but maybe, that's because yeah. I have like mentally kept a checklist for around my top at least 40 since like 2009. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very fun thing to go through because for one, it helps you remember just like fond memories of your childhood. It's almost like chronicling a video game diary of what had an impact on you over the years. And at the same time, it helps you recognize what you really value in video games. Yeah, and it lets you know, wow, this is about the time that I valued video games the most in my life. Guess what mine is in between about 2000 and 2005. Nice. Because that's where all the weird games are. But yeah, um, would you like me to go first, or what's your preference? Uh, let's alternate columns. I think that's the best way to have it, like, a nice back-and-forth flow. I agree, I just want to, uh, for audio listeners, be able to have it succinct so that they can have an idea in their heads. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so it is... We, we have this set up in a way so that there's five columns of 20, and again, going in chronological order, so he'll kind of go through... Like, 1980s to 19, early 1990s, and then just kind of go through video game history. Yeah, my first column is 85 to 97, I believe. And then 97 to 2002. Because I started getting born about then. <laughs> wow, same! Right? Alrighty, so this is my first column, my first 20 games. Castlevania. Ninja Gaiden 2, The Dark Sword of Chaos, Super Mario World, Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, Joy Mech Fight, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, Castlevania, Rondo of Blood, Sam and Max Hit the Road, Final Fantasy VI, Donkey Kong Country, Mega Man X2, Live Alive, Chrono Trigger, Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo. Yes! Donkey Kong Country 2. Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. Kirby Superstar. Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. Tekken 3, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Very solid list. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the ones that you can see, you can just see on there and be like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like, of, co- of course there's going to be Super Mario World, of course there's going to be Link's Awakening. Uh, Joy Mech Fight would surprise people if they didn't listen to us. That should be very obvious why that's there. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good fight. 36 playable characters on a Famicom game. Wow. It's so good, so good. Yeah, but it's more like a what is that kind of game as opposed to a excuse me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sam and Max, obvious, if you've listened to this podcast. Uh, why pu- I-, I know why, but why Putt-Putt saves the zoo? Uh, because it is a perfect game. It has no flaws. Uh, all of the side quests are bangers. It has a minigame, and that minigame is incredible. It has everything that you'd want from a video game. Fantastic voice acting, fantastic soundtrack, fantastic graphics. But all facetiousness aside, it's just the simple joy of you click on things... And things happen in the background, and they are silly, and they make me laugh. Putt-Putt is just the joy of hee-hee, the pretty colors made me laugh when I was three. Yeah. And I still really like it. It it represents just sort of that joy of, like, clicking on old Geocities, websites, or Geocities, rather. Mm-hmm. And it's just, 
just that joy of weird discovery and Easter eggs. And sometimes you get a whole musical number by just clicking on a random thing. And sometimes you get to play hockey with a polar bear. It's just, I love the humongous entertainment catalog that Putt-Putt game represents. Just that whole catalog. Otherwise, Pajama Sam 1 would also probably be on here. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm in the same boat. Like, it barely didn't make it onto mine. But, like, I can't remember which Freddy Fish it was. But one of those was just so near and dear to my heart. Oh, I get you. My Freddy Fish of choice was three. I think, was it three or four? Anyway, they, they, they're all just charming games. Humongous was great. I just love Freyfish 3 because the first one is like, oh, no, the kelp seeds are missing. Second one, oh, no, there's a scary schoolhouse and these bully-shaped ghosts. Who could they be? And the third game is like, oh, no, my uncle's been framed for murder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's great. Yeah, but I I see a lot of what I'd expect from you here. Got, Got the superstar because, of course, got all three Donkey Kong countries because, of course... Final Fantasy VI, gotta be there. The DKCs are so weird because they're on here for different reasons while simultaneously being great. Like, I would feel wrong to cut Country 1 over Country 3 or vice versa from this list, so. They just have to have different strengths? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all the questions I have for that. It's a, it's a fairly solid, self-explanatory list. Still yeah. in the classics, still in the classics. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mario World over Mario 3, because yes, I just like the freedom of movement there. Yeah, of course. All right, hit me with uh, your column. All right, so I believe this is 1985 up to 2000 for me. Maybe early 2001, I'm not quite sure. But it is Afterburner 2, The Fool's Errand, 3 and 3, Engband, Prince of Persia, uh, that's the Mac version specifically. Joy Mech Fights, because obvious. Star Wars TIE Fighter. Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness. Escape Velocity. Starcraft Brood War. Ares. The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Heroes of Might and Magic 3 Complete. Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition. Which technically came out in 2018, but like it's a whole, it's the same game updated throughout. Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction, Final Fantasy IX, Spider-Man 2000, and Zoo Tycoon The Complete Collection. Noticing a lack of things that start with the word Donkey Kong in this era. Uh, There is a lack of Donkey Kong on the list in general. (laughs) I'm aware. I may certain to make sure that he was on at least a few of the pictures to make sure he had some presence. <laughs> I get that. Ah, I'm, I'm not that great at TV platformers. I wouldn't have thought that I would have sold you harder on Joy Mech Fight than Donkey Kong Country 2. I, I just I just had a lot more fun goofing around in that game. There, there, is an, there is an inherent block with 2D platformers that I just haven't quite gotten over yet. It is, nah, dude, it is still you, hard for me to jump and land. You getting shot by K. Rule was so much better than the entirety of Joy Mech Fight. <laughs> like, that's an incorrect opinion. Um, what is a 3 and 3? Uh, 3 and 3 and The Fool's Errand are both very old. Actually, hold on. Let me look up who made those games. They're very old puzzle games that were made uh, for the Mac. When I was growing up, I really only had a access to PC games. 
mm-hmm. uh, made by a fellow named Cliff Johnson. Just very, very simple, very nice puzzle games where you get things like, uh, oh gosh, you'd be given a prompt, like three letters, who is your foe? And the answer would be N-M-E, as you're trying to find individual letters that when you say them out loud, they spell a word, because that's enemy. Those are oh, I see. Yeah, I've, I've watched Kirby right back at you. I'm very well acquainted. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, some very goofy puzzle games that are very, very delightful to play when I was younger. All right, that I completely understand. What is an escape velocity? Escape velocity was a... How do I describe this? Um, Top-down, kind of an asteroids-like perspective as you're flying around. But it is okay. a uh, simulation of just kind of existing in space, like hyperspeed society in general. You start as a pilot in a just kind of derelict shuttle ship, and your overall task is to just ferry cargo, get enough money to buy- build better ships that have like weapons and stuff. Maybe you get involved with trying to fight off pirates, trying to uh, broker peace between alien nations. It's, it's kind of just a space combat simulation game. As someone who All grew right. up with Star Wars, was really fun and engaging for me. I get that. I get that. Introduced me to a lot of just video game economies, too, of like simulation games in general, which I really enjoyed. I can tell. Um, both N64 Zeldas? That shocked me. Because I've always said, like, oh yeah, Ocarina of Time is fine, but Majora's Mask is where it's at. But the more I thought about it, there's just so many core memories that are just assigned to both of them because the way i experienced both of them was through the gamecube collector's disc just hopping from back from one to the other to the one to the other to one to the other so a lot of the memories are just intertwined i think a lot of my love comes from extrapolating off of the characters into some other stories like that the hero's purpose thing i talked about last time yes just building off of those like lores and stuff but i still really love the just the world of hyrule I like the world building of showing the area seven years after Ganondorf has taken over and just how the time mechanics interact back and forth. No, that is fair. That world and its interconnectivity is definitely OT's strongest trait. Mm. It is a very lived-in and then devoid-of-life-in world. (laughs) All right, it it has its problems. It's like in the 90s for me, but it it, it made it. It barely made it. Oh, no, 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 no. I I don't mean that at to detract like the only area that i would say is a bit too empty is hyrule field agreed but like just kakariko village in general is a really dense area with a ton to it spider-man 2000 that was that the one with stan lee narrating and he goes hello true believers yes that was the one with stan lee narrating it's the one with uh doc ock plus carnage was the final boss one of the most horrifying things i've seen as a kid (laughs) Is that Venom where he goes, he it's the, the It's web. the goofy Venom, yes! which is another reason I okay, really yep, love yep, it. Sold. <laughs> Done. There we go. Uh, I do know the answer, but like Final Fantasy IX is the biggest outlier here of just, okay, okay, yeah, you owned, you had access to a Nintendo 64 and a PC, and you went back for Joy Mech Fight. Uh, what is Final Fantasy IX? <laughs> Well, the thing that I, did, I barely had an access to an X64, it was literally just Kirby at my grandmother's house. Everything else was either at a friend's house or the GameCube collection. Actually, that's all right. the GameCube collection, actually. But 9 was... I got introduced to all of the Final Fantasy cast through Final Fantasy Dissidia. I loved the dynamic between Zidane and Kuja the most, so I decided, you know, I'll, I'll check this game out. I'll go back and try to find this one. Uh, saw Vivi... 
and was instantly in love, which got me to a point that I was able to get almost all the way through the game. Couldn't quite beat through the finale because I just, I don't grind as much as these games want me to, and I guess kind of got stuck. But I still looked at the ending, still just got that absolute gut punch as what happens to Vivi, and it still stands as probably my favorite JRPG. All right. Well, that one's fair. Still never be in it, huh? Nope. I, I, I've tried replaying it, and just every time I try, I, I get... First time I got 30 hours in, second time I got 15 hours in. It's a very hard game to replay. It's very slow. It It is. I know that modern versions do have a speed-up, though. Even then. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. We can cut this out of the video, but if you ever want to do it on stream... Um... You know, maybe. Yeah. Okay, That's a nice way to get through those. This is me whispering in your ear, and this is me telling you in the comments, saying how much you would like a stream of Final Fantasy IX. Okay, okay. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> All right. But yeah, otherwise, no, a lot of this tracks. Like, either I comprehensively understand, in the case of Age of Empires 2 and Kirby 64, or I'm like... Yes, yes, this sounds absolutely 100% correct with everything, every impression he's given me. Right down to you going, oh no, the sexy afterburner girl in the Sega game, what will I do? <laughs> that, that, that's such a funny one. My uncle had a cabinet in his basement, so my exposure to that game was not just Afterburner 2. Your it uncle was the is so theme, cool. Right? It was the thing blaring, like, way too loud for what a kid should be hearing. I just hear fire, fire, at like t 10 decibels. Beautiful. Oh, it's such a good game. Actively in love. Yeah, just a lot of formulative games in this particular time period. I get you. All right, so my next set is 97 to 2002. I'm, uh, I'm going through time a lot slower than you are. <laughs> so we have Vampire Savior Darkstalkers 3. Diddy Kong Racing, Sonic Robo Blast 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Metal Gear Solid, Spyro the Dragon, Pokemon Red, Mario Party 2, Crazy Taxi, Metal Slug 3, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Pokemon Puzzle League. WWF Smackdown 2, Know Your Role. Banjo-Tooie. Pokemon Stadium 2. Sonic Adventure 2. Silent Hill 2. Super Smash Bros. Melee. And Space Channel 5 Part 2. Very nice. Thank you. I like them. A lot more that I'm just not surprised whatsoever, like... We've talked a lot about Vampire Savior, Sonic Roboblast, Banjo-Kazooie, Metal Gear, obvious. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've never actually played Crazy Taxi. I know its reputation. I don't even know what the game looks like. I'm going to actually look that up real quick. Uh, it looks like what you'd expect a Dreamcast game to look like. It's like the first level of Sonic Adventure 2, but a taxi. <laughs> you know, I have seen this game before, but I thought it was just the first adventure of Sonic Adventure when yeah. I saw the screenshots. Yeah, it's just great. I just love it. It's all of that sort of vibe that I want from the Tony Hawk-style games, but I'm just in a car and I go really fast. And it's like, if you keep going good, you keep doing your run. 
Can you do a run for like 10 minutes? No? Okay then. I just have a blast whenever I play it, and if I ever see it in the wild in an arcade, it's one of those games where I need to play at least one round of this. Very nice. Uh, Of all the PlayStation platformers, why Spyro over everything else? Spyro, I feel... Spyro 1, specifically, is the most complete of all of the PlayStation platformers. Crash 2 is very good. Uh, Crash 1 has a lot of problems due to being how early in the PlayStation's life cycle it was that eventually get fixed in remakes, but that first version is rough. And Crash 3 is a good game that is weighed down a lot by its gimmicks. I loved it a lot more as a child than I do now. Mm. Spyro's 2 and 3 are also very good games, but are more focused on individual missions within levels rather than shaping the entirety of the level around Spyro's skill set. Spyro 1 is a dedicated platformer. There is a simple route through every stage, but often there will be a bunch of gems that you can get in the distance, and in any other platformer, that would be an area that is impossible to get to. It looks like it's out of bounds. It's across like a river of poison. This is like What any other platformer would delineate as, no, that's the end of the level, and if you jump toward it, you die, Spyro is like, no, jump over it. Break the boundaries of the game, and figure out what you can do. And that was mind-boggling for 98. Like, it's only contemporary in its era, I feel, in how good it feels to collect things, is Banjo-Kazooie. I can see that, And for me, that is the highest of praises. Spyro is just a fantastic reflection and expression of your ability to explore a world, and Spyro, as a platforming character, is just excellent at mastering the terrain. He feels just great to do levels with. All right, very nice. Uh, I'm glad Kirby 64 still survived. I know it's on the lower end of the list, but... It's on the line, but it's so good as a vibes game. Right, it's just so comfy. Like, replaying it, it is slow, Mm -hmm. it can't jump high, but it's fun, it's cute. It makes me smile just looking at it or hearing any music from it. It's so unabashedly positive, and then Ripple Star happens, and it's great. Yeah... There's a lot of games like this, I think, on both of our lists, where you, you kind of consider, like, do I keep this? Do I not? Then you just kind of mentally hear a single song or even just a sound effect. And you're like, nope, nope, that's staying right where it's at. Yeah. If I get a lot more better games as the years go on, th- it will fade off of the list, but it definitely at least deserves a mention. Oh, no, yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, I love the Metal Slug 3 picture. That's great. It's the best character select screen in gaming. I love the Metal Slug games. They're the best shoot-em-ups in gaming. And really, X or 3 could be here. I just like the different paths you can take in 3. I just feel like it adds replay value to every playthrough of the game. Just go, no, I'll go this way this time. For sure, yeah. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League is obvious. Wrestling game's obvious. Tui's obvious. Man, Tui just got on here. I, I believe it, but I, 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 wa- I want to hear the story of whatever game kicks it off when it eventually happens. 
I'm surprised there's not a picture of the Chow Garden for Sonic Adventure 2, though. That is a strong element, but I do feel that the Chow Garden just marries all of the good elements of Sonic Adventure 2 together. I don't want Sonic Adventure 2 to be representative of just the Chow Garden. I feel like Chow Garden puts all of the replays together, but SA2 is just the loud, in-your-face melodrama of its stupid story combined with levels that reflect that. And it's just such a good time to go through. I know that people say that certain levels have aged, or they don't like the mech levels or the treasure hunting levels, and I'll actively agree that, like, one or two Knuckles levels are bad. And Eternal Engine sucks. That's really bad. But in general, I like all of the playstyles. I like how they're married together. They're different expressions of speed, but they're all expressions of speed that I personally find fun. Nice. And then there's the Chow Garden. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And just mad respect for Space Channel 5. I've never played it myself, but I just love games like that. It is so fun how much it leans into itself. Just the vibe of that game. The fact that you actually get Michael Jackson doing the hee <laughs> as one of his attacks. And it's not an impersonator. It's actual Michael Jackson playing the character Space Michael. For sure. Just a great Goofy Vibes game. Yes, and it has the best end credits fuck you in any video game I have ever played. Absolutely. Just, mm, mwah, masterful. It's a fun game to replay and just go for perfect scores on. It is a microcosm of everything I love about video games combined with, Oh no, the space bird mistress has been hypnotized. Let's dance. <laughs> Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful set of games. Alright, I think that's all my questions for that column. Unless there's anything else you want to extrapolate on real quick? Uh, no, not really, other than Pokemon Stadium 2 is there, because the best version of Gen 2 is Pokemon Stadium 2, with uh, Pokemon Gold or Pokemon Silver in the expansion pack. Or transfer pack, rather. If Sonic 3 & Knuckles counts as a game, that does too. <laughs> nice. Alrighty, you can go. Alright. Uh, also appearing on my list is Super Smash Bros. Melee, because, you know, duh. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun, Combat Zones, Super Mario Sunshine, Age of Mythology, The Titans, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the PC version specifically, there's a lot of different ones, Metroid Fusion, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, ATV Quad Power Racing 2, Rayman 3, Hoodlum Havoc, Fire Emblem, The Blazing Blade, Majestic Chess, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, specifically the beat-em-up that everybody knows. Yes, even I know that. <laughs> Mario Kart Double Dash, Sonic Heroes, the Lord of the Rings, Warrior of Middle-Earth, which nobody has heard of. It's a plug-and-play game that has better, like, capturing the movement of what you're holding than, like, anything up to Beat Saber did. Better than Skyward Sword, no questions asked. Uh, Pokemon Emerald, The Lord of the Rings, The Third Age, Halo 2, and Star Wars Republic Commando. Nice. I'm noticing for the first time that Rayman 2 is not on this list. Rayman 2 is in an unfortunate position where 
it's one of those games that the camera just makes me nauseous. Ooh, I love okay. it, but it's just hard to play. I see. Um, I hate that I look at ATV Quad Power Racing 2, and then I just had the most visceral flashback of playing an ATV game and going, wait, no, I actually get it. Right, it's, it's, it's really only there for the existence of the GameCube's Z button, where you can just kick people off their ATVs. I have yes. many siblings, and that is just so fun to just drive around and kick people. That is also good music, also very good music. I get it. I, I, get, I get you. Um, so that two-pack of Mario Kart Double Dash and Sonic Heroes. Those are not the games from those franchises. Also, nice picture of Sonic's crotch. That I would put here. <laughs> Both kind of just comfort picks. I'm not too fond of either series. In, like, I'm not going to get excited for a new Sonic game or a new Mario Kart game. But they were both series I played a lot with siblings. Like, in Sonic Heroes' case, like, each of my siblings had, like, okay, I, I have the Dark routes. My little brother has Sonic's route. My little sister has has Amy Rose's route. My dad has Team Chaotix. And it was just oh, a I'm weird so family dynamic. <laughs> And, like, I never played Adventure 2, so that was my introduction, just that's the goofy, overly melodramatic, bizarre nature of Sonic stories. It, it, it's just kind of just my adventure, too. It was my exposure to that brand. Have you played a bunch of the recent fan, like, remakes or reduxes of games like this? Because I know that Heroes has gotten a lot of polish over the years from fans. I have not, but I'd be curious to. Yeah. If it had some, like, actual functional gameplay... Like, I know the music's that it great, took so. uh, Geek Critique's opinion of the game from, yeah, no, I hate this, to, yeah, I like this more than Sonic Adventure 2. Really? Okay, okay. Yeah. That's neat. I mean, Sonic Adventure 2 is a C-tier Sonic game for him, but at the same time, it, it is the Geek Critique. Yeah, it, it's very much a game that's on here, like, I know it's bad, I just like it. <laughs> no, I get you. <laughs> I get you. I have WWF Smackdown 2 on here. <laughs> Double Dash is just not the Mario Kart I would have picked, my guy. Yeah, I, I, I like the... It has a lot of things in Mario Kart games that just other ones didn't have. I like the character-specific items a lot. I like the camaraderie of having two characters work together, and just the kind of slight strategy of switching between them to hold on to separate items. I have the most nostalgia for those courses in particular. But yeah, they're good courses. Yeah, please. We haven't topped that Stark up. Oh, for sure. Also great music. Another nostalgia pick. There. Otherwise, a lot of these make sense. Um, for whatever reason, I have heard good things about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets specifically. The, the PC versions are just an odd, like, puzzle platformer, almost open world. Just like, here, go into this environment and explore. They're, they're very cozy times, interspersed with just, oh god, I'm five years old, I'm terrified of spiders, there's Aragog, I can't play this game anymore. So just, like, combination of nice childhood times and just absolute trauma. I get you, I get you. Um, tell me about Top Gun. Top Gun in Combat Zones is just, it's really just a flight combat simulator, that's it. Uh, but when I was that age, I had access to very few games. And it was just like, oh, gosh, here's, here's a game with fun music, and if you shoot missiles, you can, like, take pot shots at planes, and if you hit somebody with a missile that hasn't locked onto a target, that's the best feeling in the world. Just, like, 500 feet away, mentally triangulate, okay, this is going to hit them at this point, and you'll manage to land that. It's basically just an arcade game, arcade flight simulator. But it was a fun one. I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. 
I feel like you would want to talk about Majestic Chess, so I'm going to ask about Majestic <laughs> Chess. I am glad you did! <laughs> this is not just a chess game. This was a game, I believe, made, was it Hoyle or Sierra? Might have been both. Like, made by one or the other. But, like, they took the basic premise of chess and was like, okay, but what if we made an RPG out of this? So you play as this king trying to take back his kingdom, gathering subjects, but it's all represented by chess pieces. Just go through eight worlds, you try to, like, recapture the emerald rook rook from the terrifying troll queen. Go through a gauntlet of, like, chess trivia puzzle questions, being like, okay, fit as many knights on the board where they're, like, threatening every part of the board, but also not threatening each other. Just, like, really bizarre brain teasers involving chess as the baseline for them. I love that. Oh my it's god, a, some it's Yu-Gi-Oh! A really games have, cool setup. Some Yu-Gi-Oh! games have very similar setups of just like, okay, with this combination of cards, win in two turns. No, exactly. And this exactly. is giving me that sort of vibes. That's so good. Yeah, checkmate in two turns, or you'll have a, like one queen and a bunch of pawns on the board, and be like, you can only move if you take a piece, take every piece on the board. If you make a move that isn't taking a piece, you lose, you have to restart. Okay, yeah, that's fun. Also, just fun trivia, there is no final boss in a video game I felt better beating. I started playing this game when I was six. I didn't beat that final boss until I was in high school. And just that moment of just being like, yes, I am finally smart enough to have conquered the land. Oh, just a that's whizping for me. I can't believe that we have the same feeling of chess grandmaster <laughs> and an alien pig. <laughs> Basically the same person. Basically, yes. <sighs> Other than that, like, no strong comments. Like, I understand why a lot of these games are here for you. Oh, actually, uh, Mario Sunshine over any other Mario platformer from what I'm seeing? Uh, Partially due to nostalgia, partially because I'm bad at platformers and having that flood jetpack is very reminiscent of Rayman's helicopter hair. It's like, oh, okay, I can do this. Uh, I see. I just like the vibes of Delfino as well. The, the, the goofy-ass story of just the voice acting. Mom What's Peach. this icky paint like goop? It's moving! It's dumb. I love it. I know. Nearly forgot Republic Commando on this. But that that is just such a solid game as well. Nice. Uh, I think that's all I gotta say about this. Go through your next one. All right, uh, my list stretching from 2002 to 2008. Uh, Warcraft 3. <laughs> yeah. Dance Dance Revolution Extreme. Yeah! F-Zero GX. Kirby Air Ride. Metroid Zero Mission. Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Sly 2 Band of Thieves. Metal Gear Solid 3, Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3, Mario Superstar Baseball, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Yeah! Mother 3, God Hand, Elite Beat Agents, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, Umineko no Naku Koroni, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Trials and Tribulations, Super Mario Galaxy, Metal Gear Solid 4, and Persona 4. Beautiful list. In a minute, you're going to have to explain to me why you took Persona 4 off of your list. 
Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hate the story, but we'll get there. I'm sure I will. That's entirely acceptable. But yeah, go go ahead. Pick a part. All right. All right. Warcraft 3 still hurts. Yeah. I, I did end up just taking mine off because it's just in Starcraft 2 now. I've spent way too much time of it, and I don't have a solid replacement. Like, I still have maps that I made on EpicWar.com that are still online, I think. Oh, no, I, 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 it's, it's, I understand it so much. It just, yeah. it Can just you hurts. guess which one is mine? Here's a hint. It's the one that has the Donkey Kong Tower defense in it. <laughs> uh, mad respect for DDR. It's such a good series. That's another, if it's at an arcade, I have to play it. 100%. Extreme is the one that I had the home version of. I, I also think I had Supernova 2, but I preferred Extreme Song List. Just yeah. because it, it had YMCA, and it also had the Silent Hill 3 theme? Wait, what? Yeah, just, uh, You're Not Here from Silent Hill 3. That, sure, okay. Which was a Would wild never pick. never expected that. <laughs> oh, trust me. This was my first exposure. The first time I heard Silent Hill 3, I was like, wait. Wait, shut up. Wait, they're both <laughs> by Konami, aren't they? <laughs> oh... Uh, a lot of things that don't surprise me in the slightest. F0GX, great game. Air Ride, great game. Baby's Metroid, I understand. It It's the only really good me 2D Metroid that Nintendo made before 2000 and Dread. <laughs> Alright, sure, sure, sure. I prefer Fusion, but I understand why people don't like it. It's too slow. It, uh, yep. Zero Mission does such a good job expanding on Brinstar and... Is the actual progression through the game, baby? Yes. Is the ability to get 100% tested to the nth degree? Absolutely, and I love that aspect of it. I just find that none of the combat's... E it's all just too easy. It, it is easy combat, but I love the ability to go, okay, you really have to think about and use and store your Shine Spark. It's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a lot more cerebral than I'm used to for Metroid. I do still love the game, to be clear. That 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 extra ending sequence they added to it is one of oh, the yeah. best no, things that, about Metroid. That's the best sequence in Metroid. The whole Chozo Rune sequence. It's so good. It's it's amazing. Uh, Thousand Year Door, obvious. Uh, both Metal Gears, I'm not surprised to see. Sly, Budokai, sure. <laughs> that game is so good. It has no right being that good, but not only <laughs> does it have an incredible soundtrack that is so inspired by rock music, it plagiarized it. And they had to remove it legally from remakes of it. It's just fun. Have I told you about Budokai 3 at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good, good. I won't belabor the points here, but it was the first time that I flew around as Goku. And when I flew around as Goku, I felt amazing. <laughs> no, I, I get you. I get you. Oh, we've talked about baseball. I, I was so just proud of myself when I just saw that message about Battlefront 2. Just all that Battlefront 2 exists. Shit. It was it's such a good game. Oh my gosh. That stupid Moss Eisley hunt mode where it's heroes and villains all fighting each other. That's so good. Right. I still remember figuring out the glitch where you can force hold someone with Palpatine while simultaneously shooting off lightning and it will just constantly respawn the lightning charge. So it's just a zero to death that's true. It's so good. Uh, that, that it's like one of the best, just like get a group of friends around and let's just have fun kind of games. Yes. Uh, Mother 3, duh. God Hands in your top 10, I remember that. Elite yeah. Engines, it's a great game. 
Radiant Dawn is the correct choice. That made me very happy to see when I first saw this. Yeah, it's the only Fire Emblem game on here for a reason. The only other ones I would consider were uh, Three Houses, and what almost made it on but didn't quite was uh, FE12, New Mystery of the Emblem. Oh, okay, okay. Lumineco, Phoenix Wright, Mario Galaxy, Solid, and Persona 4. Yeah. Yeah. MGS4 is so difficult for me. Because when I first played it, it was the greatest video game I ever played, unquestionably. And every single day that passes, it gets just a little bit worse. Hmm. I got a few games like that. I get you. I never want to replay this game. It has one of my favorite stealth sequences in any video game ever, which is the Assault on Outer Haven, as well as the Return to Shadow Moses. And those sections are over in like five minutes. And the rest of the game is cutscenes. Yep. It's a, it's a great movie. I wouldn't even call it that, but goddamn does it end a story. <laughs> Very true. Uh, any others you want to extrapolate on? If you haven't played God Hand, play God Hand. It's like a beat-em-up, but they made it punch-out. And that's the highest praise I can give it. It's like a 3D punch-out. It's amazing. Uh, Sly 2 Band of Thieves is the best story in a 3D platformer. I know that doesn't mean much, but it's, it's really good, and the characters are all reflective of their story. It's such a strong game. The fact that the Sly Cooper remake collection is still stuck on the PS3 infuriates me to this day. That's about it. You can go ahead. All right. Uh, just shout out to your top 10 list. If anybody wants to hear more about God Hand or Persona 4, like, ha, like 10, well, 10 of the games on there, you can yeah. hear more there. Okay, for mine, uh, Zoo Tycoon 2 Ultimate Collection. Love those games. Star Wars Battlefront 2. The longest title ever, The Lord of the Rings, The Battle for Middle-Earth 2, The Rise of the Witch King. The fact that you got it on there it makes me very happy. <laughs> it was hard. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Fire Emblem, Radiant Dawn. Uh, my own DDR game, Supernova 2. It's on there because Take On Me is on there, and I can 100% that on the highest difficulty. That oh, is yeah, my claim no, I, to I fame. Get you. I get you. I, I have the same thing with YMCA on Extreme. Nice. Uh, Team Fortress 2. Lego Star Wars, The Complete Saga. Avernum 5. Spore. Dead Space. Guitar Hero World Tour. Metroid Prime Trilogy, I know that's technically cheating, but I had the Wii disc with all three. That's how I experienced it, so I'm counting it. Uh, Monster Hunter Tri, Heroes of New Earth, StarCraft II, Final Fantasy Dissidia 012 Duodecim, Portal 2, Terraria, and Kirby Return to Dreamland. I mean, all good games, in theory. Some, some good, some dead, some very dead. Yeah, some very, very, very dead. <laughs> yes. Some robots. Uh, Kirby Return to Dreamland. That one just sticks out for me of that Kirby game specifically. But then I remember, oh, it's, it's, it's a co-op Siblings, co-op. Yeah, uh, yeah. 100%. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm like, when Star Allies be No, time happens, dummy. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't living with them anymore. Yeah. I, I pr it would have been on the list if that was the case, but no. Yeah. I, I have played never heard siblings. of Avernum 5, so tell me what an Avernum 5 is. Uh, Av the Avernum series are made by a single guy, I believe his 
company Spiderware Software, something like that. Um, very, very ugly games. I'll show you a screenshot real quick. I think I've shown you this one before. It, it's that kind of old, just kind of Ultima. You've got oh, very yeah, basic sprites going around, opening chests. But I love these games because they're, in, until I played the Divinity games, they were the closest I could find to like an actual playable Dungeons and Dragons games. Like they're so simplified that the in-text descriptions kind of just override what you're seeing on the screen. They kind of act as a conduit for your imagination. Mm -hmm. And this guy's world building is really good. Like he gives really good descriptions of the areas you're in. So it's kind of just you feel like you're just playing through a great world that a solid DM has made for you. I really like the storytelling, and this was simply the one that I had as my favorite. It, it was a game where I found my really first big exploits. You were going up against this um, uh, this tribe of warriors that wanted to, you to go through this this gauntlet of proving your worth that you were okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll help you through this area, and by in doing so, they gave you these um really overpowered weapons that wouldn't like were way stronger than anything you'd get for like the first half of the game. And they balance that by making it so that once you leave the area, they take them away from you. However, if a character you have that is holding them is currently dead, they won't take them from you. So you can just kind of steal those items and just steamroll through the, through the first half of the game. Just grossly overpowered. And just, I like it for remembering that first exploit of mine. Very cool. Uh, I need to know who your Dissidia main is. Oh, gosh. Let me think. That's hard. I gravitated towards the villains mostly, just because I love playing as villains. It's just yeah, fun. No, they're, they're much cooler. Uh, Garland was really fun. Having never seen his design before, just seeing this gigantic sword that would just morph into different weapons. God, that was such a cool redesign for him. Yeah, no, you're right. Very There crunchy. are a lot of really good Darth Vaders on the villain side. Yeah, Golbez for similar reasons. I also just liked his story as well. That really, yeah, he's the bad. He really looks really, really bad. But he's just trying to help his brother. That was neat. Uh, Zidane again, really clicked with him. Kuja as well. Kuja's design weirded me the hell out once I first saw it. But just hearing their banter back and forth, being like, "I'm gonna play a song for you. It's your requiem. Of course it is. Now I'm playing your finale. It's just, it's dumb, and stupid, and I love the both of them. Yes, those fucking theater kids." Probably Golbez, Galbrand, or maybe, who was the Final Fantasy XII villain? The one he had to charge up his EX meter. Uh, I think it's Gabranth. Gabranth? Yeah, him. He was fun. I like him. Alright, that's fair. I didn't play enough to get a main. I'm just like, ooh, this is the game with Gilgamesh in it. I'm happy. <laughs> Having no exposure to him beforehand, that, that was such a, just such a bizarre, like, why... Why are you here? Why are you it's, so stupid? I kind of love you. It's my favorite thing. He's not even supposed to be there. He just kind of stumbles in, and then he gets beaten up, and he leaves. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> um, everything else is very, very reflective of what I know from you. Uh, do tell me what sticks out from you for Twilight Princess specifically. Okay, Twilight Princess is a game that I absolutely adore up to the point where you pass Arbiter's Grounds. Like, that initial just, like, journey from the, the Force Temple there to the, the Gorons, the Zoras, to just the, 
I think Arbiter's Ground is one of the best dungeons in Zelda in general. Mm. Between the thematics, the amazing boss fights, the narrative resonance afterwards. And then the status boss is just kind of bad, but I like the two dungeons after that. It was... It's another game that's only on here. It's probably like low 90s, but I liked the vibes. I liked being invested in a more mature Zelda story that was actually trying to be like, oh yeah, here's these kids that you're with. You gotta go save them tapped into that same just like oh i gotta save my sister in wind waker right it, it had a nice hero's journey of just like okay I, I really gotta save these people and once you save them it's just yeah but i love that opening half so much i get you i get you chrono trigger is on mine for similar reasons where honestly the start of the game is very yeah for me like i get all the trials need and whatnot but that closing third of the game is so strong that it carries it up for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I have that feeling of uneven games. I get you. I like there's still good parts of the later sections. It's really satisfying to get Ilya's memory back. The the Western standoff in that the Kakariko village of that era. That's so cool. Just with oh, the, right. the yeah. music as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's got good stuff in it. Nice. But it's, it's probably the lowest Zelda of the ones that are on here. I, I figured that much. For the Prime Trilogy, rank them. Ah, uh, oh gosh. Oh, I'm just playing the remaster, just kind of skews things a little bit. That doesn't matter, don't be fair, be you. Okay, okay. Ah, uh, I actually really love how wacky 2 is. Uh, I really like the world building between that one. I feel like it has the strongest scan logs, which is what I like the most about this trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think I might put that first. Okay. The, then, it's so close between one and three. Mm. I think one, then three. I like three a lot, but it tried to do more narrative stuff, but I feel like it didn't commit hard enough to that to make it, like, make up for the stronger linearity to it that that's the more structure story naturally evolves into. And the, the world of Metric Prime 1 is just so good. Yeah, I'll, I'll I still like understand that. games for me, though. Alrighty. It would cha- probably change based on my mood. I get you. Alright. Okay, I'm satisfied. I get these. Stand right. whatever you need. Uh, rest in peace, Heroes of New Earth. I wasted... I've probably played that game more than anything else on that li- my list. That was just what got me through my middle school years. Go to school, come home, play that MOBA. Repeats. Oh, that was Warcraft 3 for me. Big yep. time. Uh, Spore shouldn't be here. That game was such a disappointment compared to what it was advertised as, but I still just loved the, the, just the action of, like, creating a species and guiding them from cellular form to space travel, and just being able to fully customize everything about them. That was really cool. More, more of a game for the ideas. When I saw this was on your list, I went, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I almost had both Monster Hunter Try and Three Ultimate on here, but that felt ridiculous because one's just an expansion of the other. I really like Monster Hunter a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Someday it'll get me, but probably not. Eh, we'll see. If there's a Yu-Gi-Oh crossover monster, I bet I can force you to do it. You're probably right. Like, I don't have to explain most of these. Team Fortress 2, Dead Space, Guitar Hero, everybody knows why Guitar Hero's fun. StarCraft 2 yeah. is a top 10. Portal 2. StarCraft 2 is on here despite hating the story. I can't, I don't understand how that's possible. I have more complaints than any other game, but it's still in my top 10. Yeah. Sometimes you just love to hate something. Yeah. And Portal Terraria, also good. Sometimes it ruins everything about it, but, you know, you live. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. I definitely have more of a 
recent list than you do. I didn't really get into video games heavily until the GameCube era. Before then, I kind of just had what I had access to. Yeah. To be fair, I think we both hit 2017 at the same time on our lists. Uh, I just kind of rushed through the next decade. Yeah, kind of. Looking at these, that's about yeah. the same. Uh, oh, and just because this is the era of Persona 4. Yeah. Te- technically, it wasn't even on my initial list, but I put StarCraft Brood War twice on mine. So I was like, you know, I'll throw that. I'll throw that on. <laughs> Uh, I love that story so much. The Hanged Man Confidant will always be with me. I just don't have much fun actually playing the game. Okay. Still wonderful characters, though. No, if it's it was fine. A, if it was a list of top 100 characters, you'd probably see a few more. That's acceptable. That is a good reason for it not to be on here. All right. I think it's your fourth column now, correct? Yep. All right. So this stretches from 2009 to 2016. And this is Punch-Out, Half-Minute Hero, Katamari Forever, Persona 3 Portable, Mass Effect 2, Bioshock 2, Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective, Ace Attorney Investigations 2, Sonic Generations, Kid Icarus Uprising, Spec Ops The Line, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Lisa the Painful, Until Dawn, Undertale, Darkest Dungeon, Kirby Planet Robobot, Another Metroid 2 Remake, and Titanfall 2. I love how Another Metroid 2 Remake has just become culturally accepted of being like, oh yeah, it's official. It counts. It's one of them. Well, no, it doesn't. I don't even care if it counts or not. It's just a good video game. It's it's incredible. I like how it jumps. That makes it better than most Metroid games. Yeah, but we got we got your punch outs. We got your personas. I'm not surprised by those. A uh, half minute hero. Yeah, is that, that that high up there? Yeah, that game got me through exams. It's great. Nice. Uh, so are you familiar with the conceit of it? Oh, yeah, you only have, like, 30 seconds to get through. Well, we've talked about this before. It's just really, really rapid-fire, rapid-fire. Just get through combat and go back to the shop. Get back to combat, go back to the shop. Yep, just a constant re-saying of it. It's such an addictive gameplay loop that you can go, okay, one more, or you can break and do something else and then go back to and just do another run. It has, like, I think 50 different maps, including branching paths that you only discover by doing weird sub-objectives in each level. They're only hinted at once you be in them once, but they're sure enough that, hey, doing a 30-second level again is not a big deal. And it's so smartly done, it plays with RPG conventions really, really well. And then you get to the final boss of it, where you have to do other campaigns, like there's a shoot 'em up campaign, there's an escort mission campaign, and then you get back to your original gameplay style of super-fast RPG, And instead of Hero 30, it's Hero 300. And it is an epic five-minute RPG that culminates in all of these story arcs coming together dramatically for a final time-warping showdown with a five-minute time limit. It is brilliant. Nice! Like, is the entirety of a Final Fantasy Disc 3 or 4 condensed into five minutes? And it's so good. And, and it sounds that, like 
Oh, keep going, keep going. The, the fact that it manages to also include actual character arcs, emotional arcs, and joke endings is fantastic. Also, there's multiplayer, and the multiplayer is just goofy. Nice! Sounds like a much more palpable way to like just enjoy those sorts of stories. Just be like, okay, get to the beats as quick as possible. Exactly. But it's so stupid. Like, one of the bosses is just cats from Zero Wing. <laughs> and his power is that he will start turning the game into a Game Boy game, where Game Boy graphics slowly start overtaking the world map. <laughs> And enemies change their stats and oversimplify based on being Game Boy. Yeah, that that's great. Yeah. No, game's brilliant. Goes on sale a ton on Steam. Uh, the Steam graphics are ugly as hell. Super ugly. Uh, sequel, also not as good. But that original game, if you change it to its original graphics, wonderful. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Uh, glad to see a Katamari on here. Yep. Uh, Persona 3 Portal, best version of that game. Play the female route. 100%. Uh, I'm not surprised by Mass Effect 2. I am kind of by Bioshock 2. Why that one over 1? Uh, because it's the only game in the series with good gameplay. All right. Uh, also because I feel Bioshock 1 completely falls apart as soon as Andrew Ryan leaves the story. I've never played either. It's just I just know the reputations. Bioshock 1 is a brilliant, brilliant theme piece up until the point where it actually has to capitalize on its themes, and it botches it as hard as you can, with that sort of infamous, Would you like to save your girlfriend or five doctors? <laughs> like, it's so tragically binary in how it does its choices. Bioshock 2 has the same issue. Like, you can clearly see where the constraints are on the game, where... Morally, it's wrong to kill people. And, you know, that part sucks. But at the same time, you get to much more fascinating areas. Like, you get to an edutainment theme park narrated by Andrew Ryan, where he's just actively trying to teach kids about Anne Rand philosophy. <laughs> and it's presented in the, please trust me, Ryan the Lion, with your future. It's just like, imagine the, is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow speech, but talked down to a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. With, like, Seussian imagery. It's just a good game. They take this environment, this fantastic environment, that only really exists as a strong environment in Bioshock 1, with a couple good characters, and they make an actual-ass video game out of it. And they continue to explore it. And they also have the Minerva's Den DLC, I believe, which is great. Very nice. Uh, Ghost Trick, I'm not surprised to see in the slightest. I've never played Ace Attorney Investigations 2, but like based on the writing of those games, I would, I ne would never question seeing one of those games on anybody's list. It's, it's just a fun one. It's a good exploration of Edgeworth, and it has some of my favorite cases in it. My actual favorite Ace Attorney case is Injustice for All, and that game's not on there because it's carried by its best case. But if an Ace Attorney game has a great case, damn. Damn does it do good. Absolutely. Uh, Generations is good. Kid Icarus Uprising should not come as a surprise to anybody. Yeah. Uh, Spec Ops is great. I've heard the reputation. Uh, Tropical Freeze made it. Yeah, barely, but it's still clinging on. 
All right. All right. It feels so weird to sit here and go like, oh, yeah, DKC 1, 2, and 3, not leaving. Tropical Freeze? Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we've established enough of a precedent that listeners would understand that. Yes. If you don't, there's the door. <laughs> uh, Arena Ultimax, nice. Uh, I've never played Lisa, but I know the reputation. It's such a mean game. It's so easy to die. For sure. I love to see Until Dawn on here. This I've was one that never I never played it. I completely forgot I had it here. This game made me so mad because I outright went, I'm not shaking! Shut up! No! No, I'm fine! I did it! And I figured out how to pause at the exact moment where it wouldn't autosave so I could do it again. Nice. And I went, fuck you! No! No! I am filming my hands right now, you stupid game! One <laughs> uh, of the uh. best games to watch other people play. Yes. It's just, it's just playing a slasher movie, and it does it really well. Uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Undertale, duh. Uh, yeah. Love to see Darkest Dungeon. Darkest, Darkest Dungeon is such, such a good, a good game. game. Uh, Planet Robobot, we talked about that a lot. AM2R. And I forgot Titanfall 2 when I was making mine. Thank you for reminding me of that one. My one, pleasure. One of the best first person. I pr- Probably the best first person. No, that's Portal. But like, One of the best five. 3D platformers ever made absolutely and the best time mechanics in a level absolutely hell yeah it's amazing they can be the best at so many things and can be so buried yeah i mean they kind of shot themselves in the foot with how they released it yes let's just go between call of duty and battlefield what's the worst that could happen Uh, uh, deserved better i can't look at apex i can't do it i'll just feel pain i don't care it's not titanfall Parts of it are very tight and full. It's not enough. I mean, you're right. Uh, Any others that you want to talk about? Um, Spec Ops the line I like for more than its message, because I feel like a lot of discussion on that game is that, oh, it's got such a great message. It makes you feel in the way that, like, Undertale makes you feel, and Lua Narrative Dissonance and all that. And I feel like that can be true. It is very much a statement on games of the time. But simultaneously, I just find it a great character study of its main character being in that prototypical role, whether you relate to it or not. And that's what elevates it for me. Nice. I haven't heard that perspective on it before. I I just feel like talk of it gets very, very boiled down. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It is very narrow. Uh, Arena Ultimax, just a fantastic fighting game. Like, dog shit story. Really just awful story. Legitimately some character assassination going on out there. But on the other hand, Junpei is in it, and he says, and he sees Teddy for the first time, and he goes, whoa, a white guy. (laughs) So, you know, the entire game is redeemed. Yeah, and Kanji exists. Oh, God, no, it's the worst appearance of Kanji. But, like, the worst appearance of Kanji is, like, the worst appearance of, like, Scrooge McDuck. Come on. Yeah, but, like, uh, it's, it's always such a pain when they treat Kanji as a joke as opposed to his own character. I, that's true. Yeah, no. Yeah. And unfortunately, he gets that short end of the stick whenever he is not explicitly paired with Naoto in this game. Yeah. Uh, good finale for Labrus's story arc, Hate the Villain. Hmm. It's, like, 
15%. Oh, wow, I really like how you finished with this character. It's a really good continuation of that. And 85%. Fuck. This is Persona <laughs> writing. <laughs> yep. But the actual gameplay is amazing. Like, oh, for sure, still for one sure. of my favorite 2D fighters. Even just comparing it solely in a 2D fighting space. Other than that, no, I think we can mostly move on. All right. Uh, moving on to mine. Uh, starting with Kid Icarus Uprising. Gotta yeah. be there. Great game. Uh, FTL, Faster Than Light. No. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Land. Rayman Legends. The Stanley Parable. Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove. Darkest Dungeon is online as well. Uh, Evolve. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Ori and the Blind Forest. Heroes of the Storm. Undertale, on mine as well. XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. Stardew Valley. Overwatch 1, specifically 1. <laughs> AM2R, also on mine. Titanfall 2, also on mine. Persona 5 Royal, Hollow Knight, and Divinity Original Sin 2. Like it. Oh, look at me. I dislike 2D platformers. Hollow Knight, though. I really like Metroidvanias. I don't know where the disconnect is. Is That's it how like the they most platform kinetic game? I really like it. But like, I can pogo off of things. It's DuckTales rules. Then why is it DuckTales here? I, 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 I didn't like it as much. I really like the world building of Hollow Knight. It's really, really, really good. I really good. like the world building of DuckTales. It's really important to me. <laughs> Uprising, yeah. FTL, I get it. Nintendo Land, you said with such stank that I need you to explain? Uh, I I know that's surprising, but this is another just like, I again, I have four siblings. This was the perfect game to come with the Wii U. I'm not surprised, but you said it with such, oh, this one, though. <laughs> just because I know that, like, it's fine to most people, but, like, when you're all going on a little Pikmin adventure together, throwing your siblings at people. Yeah, okay. You know, the Luigi's Mansion thing, just shouting at each other to run away. It's, 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 it's just a good time. Okay. Like symmetrical multiplayer like that. Yeah. Rayman Legends, shut up. Where's the Donkey Kong game? Uh, Stanley Parable, good. Shovel Knight, rank the campaigns. Oh, God. Oh, that's hard. Ah, uh, oh, I, I, I know it's on yours. I actually haven't played the King of Cards. So I don't know how that lines up. <sighs> I'm sorry. I know. I need to get around to it. I think I like the movement of Spectre Knights the most. I, I think it just goes backwards, actually. Spectre Knights, then Plague Knight, and then the original Shovel Knight. Oh, really? Plague over Shovel? Yeah. Well, it, it was adorable. It was cute. Oh, it is really cute. I just am not used to Plague not being at the bottom. Like, every person I ask, they're like, Plague is really cute. I love him and Mona. They're at the bottom. It was a different take. I found it refreshing. Okay. Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, huh? Play it. Uh, Evolve. That was that asymmetrical one? That was the. I, I just really like asymmetrical multiplayer. I get you. I, I wish they hadn't ruined it as much as they did. That could have been an amazing game understood how do you feel about other asymmetrical games like dead by daylight and such i've tried enjoying that and like they're good they're good but there was something about the the cat and mouse hunting of evolve that really spoke to me there was a, an extra level of just 
the the shift of who is vulnerable when, like being the monster having to hide from the hunters as he's trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then slowly getting to a point of being like, okay, I'm posing a threat to them now. Mm-hmm. It just had a really satisfying arc throughout the gameplay that I wish that I, it was it was so fun at its peak. All right, and everything else just kind of boils it down too much. I'm just like, oh, here's a really dangerous thing. Run. It's never understand. been quite that trade-off of roles as the game progresses. Okay. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, yes, okay. Ori and the Blind Forest, still not Donkey Kong. Heroes of the Storm, also not Donkey Kong. Undertale, yes, XCOM, yeah. Stardew Valley. Stardew just, Valley. Just a very cozy, charming game. I Most games like that don't get me. Like, I can't stand yeah, animal crossing I, i'm not surprised this game is on a list i'm surprised it's on your list i am too uh it's also another game you can play multiplayer so it's another oh, okay even with disregarding that though i really like the the characters in this game they don't feel as ah uh, one Dating note sim? as animal crossing oh okay all right i, I was comparing to harvest moon oh yeah I, yeah absolutely the, the, the characters here can feel like they can exist outside of that Okay, that's interesting. That I've never heard. I've just always thought it was another waifu game. Oh, it absolutely is a waifu game, but there's more to it than that. There, there's some depth to these characters, and you don't okay, have good. to marry them. That matters a lot to me. I'm really sick of just, haha, this character, but their depth goes away in the instant you show romantic interest. Yep. Uh, Overwatch 1, I get it. Uh, AM2R, yes. Titanfall 2, agreed. Persona 5 Royal. Question, would Persona 5 Vanilla make it on here? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Royal right. is just, just better in every way. Oh, that that's weird. Ro- uh, Persona 5 Vanilla would not make it on mine. It, w- it, it was my first Persona game. And I, I'm i not as high on... Like, it, it, like, the music, the style of the menus and everything. Yes. No, I, I get it. It's an aesthetic. Yeah. And then Hall 9 Divinity. I, I understand. Yeah, more people need to play Divinity. It is probably top five for me. I will get there. I know you need a PC for it. I understand. Bro, someday I'm going to get a Steam Deck, and that's going to just change my life. Absolutely. Going to be a real boy. <laughs> All right. Got your last column. Hit me. Yep. So this is from 2017 to this year, and that is Yakuza 0. Near Automata, Crash Bandicoot, The Insane Trilogy, Batman, The Enemy Within, A Hat in Time, Dragon Quest Eleven, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Toho, Luna Knights, Crash Team Racing, Nitro-Fueled, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, Disco Elysium, Shovel Knight, King of Cards, Persona 5 Royal, Hades, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, Omori, Before Your Eyes, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and finally, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. Just out of curiosity, how, how long did it take for Theater Rhythm to like get to that point of like, oh yes, that's it, it's gotta be here. Like halfway through. Nice. It's rare for me these days to go, I would like to sacrifice sleep to continue playing this game, please. Or, I would like to stop working so that I can play this game. 
The ability for a game to interrupt my schedule is monumental. Very nice. I need to get I I I'm, I need to get around to playing that, but I'm also terrified of it. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. There's an ending. It has an endless mode. You're lying. <laughs> you are able to roll credits. Okay. 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 Uh, Yakuza makes total sense based on what you've told me of the series. Near Automata, I know, is in your top ten. Yep. I'd never, I missed the Insane Trilogy for some reason. I'll check about this. Seeing that there makes a lot more sense. Uh, rank those, same way I did Metroid Prime. Um, okay. Uh, original games, 3, 2, 1. Uh, remakes, 1, 2, 3. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The, it's, I have to put it here because Crash 1 Remade is one of my favorite games. But Crash 1, the original, would never make it. Just a matter of camera controls just quality of life features uh control quality of life feature you can actually save in between levels crash one in its original form is very very stiff in its animations like crash has a lot of expressions but his actual jump arc is very much as soon as he finishes his flip he is rigid and the instant he hits the ground he goes back into his neutral pose so hmm. you lose a ton of fluidity when actually moving. Uh, Ensign just smooths that out. I know it's not everyone's favorite cup of tea, but I just, I feel like an actual character in Ensign Crash 1, whereas in the original, I feel like a collection of boxes that happen to be awkwardly moving. Mm. All right, all right. I, I can see that. I feel momentum in Ensign. I don't in Crash 1. And Ensign Crash 3 ruined its water physics. I hate those jet ski levels now, when, whereas they were highlights of the original. Uh, also, the ability to actually save, as opposed to you have to beat a bonus level in order to save. Oh yeah, that's much better. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. Like, just the ability to leave the game when I want to is appreciated. For sure. I... You've explained Batman and I Mean Within previously on this. Yes. Love it's how they handle Joker. My favorite interpretation of the Joker and my favorite interpretation of Bruce outside of maybe Mask of the Phantasm. Nice. Uh, Hat in Time makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Sylvano's right there. I totally get it. Uh-huh. Th that game is so difficult for me because I actively haven't finished it. Because I disagree with the message of the last third of the game, and I feel like it's satisfying with only the first two-thirds. Interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, Ultimate, it's almost like we've talked about that game for 30 hours. Oh my god. I want to cut this from my list. I really do. But <laughs> you can't nothing, cut K rule. Nothing has ever dominated my consciousness like this game. And I tried to resist it. But it's like almost like it's a very well-made game. I just, I'm so tired. I'm so so tired. Ah, <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see if anything. Because like I, I'm in the same boat. Like I, I still make content around it because like I, I find the act of making content around it fascinating. I, I don't want to ever play the game again. <laughs> I can. It's fun if I do with like friends. But like. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Luna Nights. Yeah. Uh, CTR, Natural Field, is in your top ten. Yeah. 
Uh, ukulele in the Impossible Lair. How does that rank compared to Tropical Freeze? Which oh, is better. Bear. Really? Bear. Nice. Yeah. It, it's up there with the original trilogy. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic Donkey Kong Country game. Cool. Disco Elysium, no surprises. Uh, Shovel Knight King Card, I need to get around to that. Yep, that one specifically just stands head and shoulders above the other campaigns for me. Okay, all right. Might get me to it do is it. It's my favorite Wario Land game until Pizza Tower proves me wrong. <laughs> uh, Persona 5 Royal, of course. Hades, love to see it. Bandicoot 4 as well. Not surprised at all by Yakuza, based on how you've described it once again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to get around to Amori. I love what you described of that the first time... That first Gaiden episode, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do really enjoy it. It's um, it's not my absolute favorite world changing, life affirming RPG, but what it does do and how it does do it is very carefully considered, and I respect it a lot. I love seeing before your eyes. I love it when just niche games that have a very specific function appear on these sorts of lists. Oh, agreed. Oh, that that wrecked me for like a whole day afterward. I, I bet. And then, of course, Forgotten Land's there, because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's sublime. It might be the second best Kirby game. Now, I know people are, like, out of their honeymoon period with it, and are like, oh, was it that good? Yes. No, it was absolutely that good. I disagree. Yeah, yeah no, you don't get to Odyssey this. This one's for me. And then, of course, Theater Rhythm, duh. Yes. That has my original team that I used to beat bosses with on it. Oh! Very solid picks. I like it. Yeah, they all combo well together. Uh, Kefka, Vivi, Terra, and Renoa. It, it's just fire damage the team, and everything dies. <laughs> I was gonna say, that is ultimate magical destruction, like, right there. Yep. <sighs> Alright, yeah, that's, uh, that's the list. I spent, like, 15 hours discussing it with my Discord, and that's where I got. Very nice. I, I guess before we wrap up mine, were there any that were especially hard to cut that you're just kind of kicking yourself, like, I wish you were good enough to be on here, but just no? Oh, gosh. What was on mine that was cut before? Let me take a look, because I do have all these. Um, Ikaruga was almost on here. And I love that shooter, but I just don't have a personal enough connection to it. Uh, Suikoden 2 was the hardest cut I made. It was the mm. first cut I made, but it's the hardest cut I made. Because it's a game that I have not beaten. I've only gone like halfway through it. But I adored everything about that RPG from start to where I got up until the point where my PS3 bricked. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. If I could finish that game, if I could finish those arcs, it would shoot up to maybe top 50 if it stuck the landing. And from all impressions I have on the game, it does. The rapport your main character has with your side character, Jowie, and just how they develop as friends and rivals is so strong, and I love that so much. And Luca Blight is one of the all-timers of bastards in games. Just... Mm. What a great game that I need to completely replay. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, the honeymoon period, just wore off. Ah, okay. Uh, Higurashi was a hard cut just because I love that, but I love it, I think, more as an anime than I do as a game. Like, I think that that's just one of the seminal horror animes. And while the game is good, 
uh, Ryukishi always has issues with his pacing. And it's always really a slog to get through. It's one of the only reasons why I can't go through Umineko again, is because, my god, it takes him two hours to get anywhere. Mm, okay. And then when he does get there, it completely changes my interpretation of fiction. But then he's like, what if we went on a date at the aquarium, and it's not as good as the Chainsaw Man date at the aquarium? And I'm like, oh, I should read Chainsaw Man again. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 was another cut. Grim Fandango was another cut. Those are excellent, excellent games. Grim Fandango cut because, oh gosh, some of its gameplay is bad. But on the other hand, you get to scare pigeons with a balloon of Robert Frost. The dry wit of that game is so strong. Uh, Mega Man 2 was a weird cut because I love Mega Man, but I hate something about every single Mega Man game. Hmm. And Mega Man 2, I wouldn't say I hated the least, because there were definitely things I still hated about it, but it was just the one I think I was the most comfortable with. So ripping that Band-Aid off and having X2 as the only Mega Man game on here just feels weird to me. But I can't see cutting any game for a classic Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple that almost made it, like Disgaea 3 and whatnot, but yeah. I think as of right now, I'm pretty damn satisfied. There are some that could fall off the list, like Metal Gear Solid 4 is always in danger. Ghost Trick is very close to, do I really, really absolutely adore it? Luna Knights struggles on with me going, why is it on here? And then I remember a boss fight and go, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah, I, I think for right now, I'm satisfied and would only change if like... I got a new challenger, or I replayed an old game, and I was like, oh, this is much better than I remember. Yeah, I like when Street Fighter Six comes out or something like that. Oh, yeah. Or if I ever replay Suikoden 2. Or if I, like, go, damn, Oracle of Ages is way better than I remember. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, that closes the book on me. You go. Alright, for my uh, final column, starting off with Cuphead, because of course... Uh, I have Middle-Earth, Shadow of War, easily the best best Assassin's Creed game that's ever existed, that series. <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter World, Into the Breach, Sea of Thieves, Among Us. I know, but y yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, I get it. Hades is on mine as well. Smash Brothers Ultimate is as well, because yeah, duh. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, Teamfight Tactics... Just cannot escape my addiction. Control. Disco Elysium. GTFO. Doom Eternal. Deltarune. Metroid Dread. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Signalis. God of War Ragnarok. And last but not least, Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, Jai. 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 It's such a good game. I'm oh. shocked by how good of a game that is. I finally watched a full playthrough of it. Yes, it yes. is. Oh my god. I was crying at the Xenogears reference. Right? My god. Like, it, it's, it loves its references so much. Like, the second you said Space Channel 5 when you were working on it, it was like, oh, you need to see Mimosa's boss fight, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish it were more. It's only one phase, and that upsets me. 
Oh yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I, I that that's really just all I want from the game now is just more. I, I want sequels. Like make this a franchise. It's it so deserves it. Yes, inject my blood with DLC. Do you include Delicious Last Course in with Cuphead? Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, they're both good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, Mill Earth Shadow of War. Understandable. I will not forgive them for copywriting a gameplay mechanic. Yeah, that's bullshit. I understand it. And, like, it, it's almost off of the list because of that. That and the stupid microtransaction stuff. It makes the post-game very much a slog. But it has just some really great moments if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings. Like, you literally, like, have a boxing match with a Balrog on top of an Ent. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I see there. Monster Hunter World, yeah. Into the Breach, I should play that. You really should, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, sea of Thieves... Yeah, yeah. You have, you have such a strong multiplayer focus that at first I'm like, really? And then I see it and I go, oh, yes, understood. Yeah. If it's got multiplayer elements, I'm probably playing it with a sibling. Among Us? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun for Hades, it it's a perfect game until proven otherwise. Yep. By its sequel. Um, <laughs> Smash Ultimate, ugh. Devil May Cry 5, I need to find my copy. I think it fell behind my desk one day, and I still haven't played it because of that. Oh, Cause no! Because I, I don't want to move a desk. It's very heavy. <laughs> uh, team Fight Tactics, I... Y yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't shut up about it. Uh, Control, again, just another game I need to play, but I respected Remedy. I used to have Alan Wake on here, so I get it. Just the amount of visual effects and just the Metroidvania-styled world building. Mm -hmm. it, it's a great game. A Disco Elysium you need to finish so it can get into your top ten, probably. I know! <laughs> like, it's not even like, oh no, it's going to be so heavy. No, no, you're going to do, like, the most stupid pants-on-head stuff that you'll ever see. And then it'll hit you with depression. And then it'll go, Detective, you, it's okay. You can put your pants back on your head. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, yeah, I believe you. Uh, GTFO, what is that? Uh, it's made by the same people that made Payday 2. Okay. Um, it is a co-op survival horror kind of game. You can't, it's kind of that same setup as Payday 2. You're set on missions, you have to bring things back, but instead of, instead of robbing things, you're trying to make your way through zombie-infested just mines. It I is understood the only game at Payday 2. <laughs> Yeah, it's the only game I've ever played that has successfully made a multiplayer game scary. Okay. Just, there's the sheer amount of tension of sneaking around, don't shine your lights at the creatures because they respond to light, don't make any noise, just very slowly going around, hitting everything with hammers, don't touch the tendrils because that'll, that'll wake them up. Just sublime tension. I hear it's not in a good state right now, but my first initial five hours with the game, which is all I've played of it, was some of the best horror experiences I've ever had. Neat. Good. Uh, Doom Eternal, yes. Still need to go through one. Uh, Doom 2016, not on here. Uh, I, th I just like Eternal more. Okay. Y you have a grapple hook on your shotgun, dude. No, I, I, I get it, but I also see you have like five Lord of the Rings games on here. I really like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but one of the games that you're cutting is Doom 2016. I, I I can't see myself going back to 2016 after playing Eternal. I, I got that with God of War later as well. If a sequel mm -hmm. just overrides a previous game in my eyes, I'm not going to put both of them on. No, I, I agree with you. 
And like there are games where I'll put every game in the series on like Persona, for instance, and Donkey Kong Country. But on that same token, I wouldn't put Returns over Tropical Freeze at the moment. So I I get you there. Uh, Deltarune, the only reason it's not on mine is because it isn't finished yet. And it's on mine because I'm sure it's gonna, still going to be there once it's finished. <laughs> I am absolutely positive. I I just want to just in case. That's fair. I, I I feel like even with just the experience I've already gotten, though, it's it's still on there. It's not better than Donkey Kong Country Three. Yep. Lightning gods. <laughs> this is, Spampton's not as funny as God. Of really? Donkey Kong. <laughs> with the lightning bolts. You got Joy Mechfight on here. Happily, might I add. <laughs> Take your win. Let me pout. <laughs> Let me be my brand. Shut up. You also got Signalis on here. Shot I in the dark even and played you Signalis. It. But it was a gift. I would sacrifice the gift for more time on the Donkey Kong clock. <laughs> I will take away goodwill if Donkey Kong gets to thrive. Uh, Metroid Dread, yeah. Kirby, yeah. Uh, Signalis, I just explained it. Ragnarok, mm -hmm. yeah. Hi-Fi Rush, yeah. Yeah, I get I get it. All nice and solid. I'll extend the same to you. Are there any games that you struggled cutting or debated being on here or just barely swapped for something else? Uh, two that I just didn't know what to do with were Pokemon Go and Beat Saber. Mm. Just between virtual reality and just the mobile social experiment of Pokemon Go, I, I couldn't... They both didn't quite make it, but I'm, I'm still not quite sure like where they even land for that. Uh, yeah, those Diablo are weird ones. Diablo 3 was on here, but it was I, I was happy to just get rid of it the second I played 4. Just like, oh yeah, that's all the problems I had, and that's what it looks like without them. Goodbye. Nice. Um, I had Brawl on here. I, I I think it you're talking about like Gooms has it as just the dojo yes. on his list. Yes, he does. Like the the memories I have of just waking up every single morning to check that and just the excitement around everything with the subspace emissary and all that, freaking Sonic being revealed. I just don't want to play it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it it feels bad. Yeah. In indeed. I'll say it, it feels bad. Nickelodeon All Star Brawl feels better. Yeah, I agree. I, I like multiverses more as well. It, yeah. it just—it just doesn't. It's not a good feel. Uh, Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire was on here for a while. That's the N sixty four Star Wars game. Y that's one of the few I'm familiar with. It, it's a bad game, but I had fun with it as a kid. It's just too bad to stay around, and I already have so many others that are good Star Wars games. Oh, I get it. Like Kotor two might be on here if I was actually capable of playing it in any capacity. It has my favorite writing of any Star Wars anything ever, and it falls apart at the first sign of trouble every time without fail. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, Warcraft 3 is in StarCraft 2. That was an easy cut. Okay, yeah. It, it's better in StarCraft 2 now than it is in its actual game. I get you. Uh, I wanted to put another Pokemon on here, either Fire Red or Sun, but I'm just not that passionate about the series anymore. That's okay, Fire Red is a bad remake of Red. I almost put Let's Go on as well, weirdly enough. It's really fun to shiny hunt on the, in that game when you can actually see the shinies in the overworld. Yeah, 
that's an all right remake of Red. Yeah, it's cozy vibes. Uh, I originally had Cave Story on here as well. I like Cave Story, but it's later games I have on here just do what it does better. I respect Cave Story more than I like it. Yes. I do really like that machine gun, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it feels great. It's just it, it, it it's kind of just old. No, just the machine gun. <laughs> I love machine gun hovering so much. That's so much fun. It's the only thing about that game that I cling to, but I love it. <laughs> I get you. I get you. And, and just another small ones that I just kind of looked at and was like, no, I don't like Monster Hunter Rise enough to put it on here. I think Blind Forest got me better than Will of the Wisps in terms of uh, like the narrative impact of the Ori games, and I didn't want to put both of them on. Mm-hmm. I like Civilization games, but not that much. I like Wonderful 101, but not that much. I was surprised Pikmin didn't make it at all, but when I was looking at it, I was just like, the idea I have for you, I like more than the actual games. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? I, I respect the game so much, but at the end of the day, like I, that strategy kind of gameplay, like real-time strategy, is my favorite genre, and you're just not doing enough to really capture me. Yeah. Uh, any others that are interesting? Uh, Mickey Mouse Speedway was another Grandma's N64 game. It's a great racing game. I mean, I have which, like which three racing hilarious. games online. I totally understand. <laughs> uh, Super Paper Mario almost made it onto mine. Oh, that's so cool. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you no on that one. Like, that's just such a cool game. As someone who's not as invested in the RPGs, it was a fascinating combination of just the kind of the platforming plus the RPG. It's a weird game, and I love the story of it. And I, it has problems, obviously, but the humor is so good. It, it was close. It was a close call. Yeah. That's just such a fascinating game, because when it clicks, oh my god, it goes in hard. Absolutely. Ah, uh, well, Sacred Stones and Echoes, both Fire Emblem games I enjoyed, but I just... I'm not going to put four Fire Emblem games on my list. Blazing Blade barely made it on here. But it was hard that, for that, me to just put on one. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I understand. There was a time where Chronicle, Xenoblade Chronicles would have been in my top 25. But like after playing two and then going back to one, like it, it really did kind of just poison the well for me. Oh no, it changed the future. <laughs> it did. Uh, Dead Space 2 is great. I just don't like Isaac quipping. I don't like quips in my horror games. Doesn't work. They're talking about Leon's amazing. I should finish Resident Evil. Uh, we Sports Resort was another fun family multiplayer game. There's just better <laughs> ones on my list. Yeah, and I really wanted an edutainment game, like maybe Freddy Fish or Rita Rabbit Two, but I just couldn't quite do it. They were parts of my childhood, but like I can't sacrifice like like a Doom or a, an Undertale or a Guitar Hero for that. Well, you don't have to cut like a Doom or an Undertale. You have to cut like a Twilight Princess. That's much easier. True, true, true. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with where it's at right now. I'm sure there's like one or two from my past that I'm just someone's gonna tangentially mention it. And it's gonna floor me for a second. Just like, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about that. God, yeah, no, I'm waiting for the moment, and I'm saying they're going, like, I'm pretty confident in my love for the N64 library, but somebody's going to, like, pull out, yo, did you play Eternal Eyes on the PS1? And I'm going to be like, I've never heard of a single person other than me who's played that game. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, for sure. But, like, I, th I think it's in a good place right now. Yeah. Oh, shit, I actually found the notes of things that almost made it on mine. Uh, do you, anything else you want to add real quick? Yeah, uh... Pokemon Emerald, 
is a really good Pokemon game. Uh, it is I, indeed. I really like Pokemon games when they are RPGs and not Pokemon games, and the best <laughs> ones of being RPGs are Red and Blue and Emerald. 100% agreed. Uh, Fortune Street almost made it, because I really oh, like- Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not- I need to play it with more friends than my family, but gosh, that's a fun little stupid Monopoly. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The False Bound Kingdom is a bad game, but I love it. Like, it's just absolute garbage, but I know so much about it, and it's- I would never feel bad playing the game. <laughs> Uh, Yoshi's Island, I just straight up need to replay. Something about the red coins will always nag me that I'm not getting 100% completion and I hate this on every level. Yeah, I, I get you. If I can get over that, I'm sure it's on here because as a platformer, it's sublime. God, that little thing. Uh, Tetris DS is something I care about a lot that didn't make it here. Just a lot of like really close games like... Mega Man X4 I like, but not as much as X2 and not enough to give it another entry. Mario 3D World I think is fun, but not as much as other Mario 3D platformers. Odyssey, in the same way, I just, it doesn't differentiate itself enough for me to cling and go, yes, you, you forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paper Mario, same thing. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Math, just not enough. <laughs> I had that on too. Just a question of like, yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm glad I remembered it. <laughs> if that was the only Donkey Kong game on your list, though. You know, you know <laughs> if I were to add one, it might. I, I, but there needs to be another tournament. After another tournament, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a couple that I need to replay, like Advance Wars 2. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Rhythm Heaven. And Star Fox Assault. And I have a list of games I just need to finish. Like Shin Megami Tensei 4, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Pizza Tower, Neo The World Ends With You, Bug Fables. I, I'm sure that a lot of these could be on here, but it's just a matter of I need to get around to them. For sure, for sure. I got, I got a lot of those myself. Yeah. All right. And that is two and a half hours in the top 100s. Wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, yeah. We, we avoided a lot of tangents, surprisingly well. Yeah. We managed. So... <clears throat> To all of you here who have listened this far, well done. I'd like to challenge you to play one game from each of our columns within the next year. And please share in the comments how it's going. How are you doing? How's that going? Tell us your picks from each column. Why you would pick them. What games interest you. What games you're like, yeah. Uh, also, if anybody out there is seeing like a game on here, like like a like an Escape Velocity or like an Umineko or something like that, you just never heard anyone else talk about, please share your passion for it, because it's so rare to find people that actually know some of these games. Right. It would be really nice to hear people just go like, ah, oh, yes, it is me. I am the fan of Ace Attorney Investigations 2. I love Budokai 3. I am so into Majestic Chess, that's my shit. My god, please, we'll be best friends, I promise. <laughs> Please let us know, and yeah, that's just an open challenge. I feel like that would be interesting. Um, stretches, a long stretch of gaming, and I figure, yeah, we can just get a little closer. Say some of your favorites. Why not? Why play them? Probably not. I, there's a lot, but like, like, I have you captive here. 
So you get to listen to me. <laughs> okay, that's that. Let's hit future sight. Alrighty. Future sight. Okay, got the news. Let's see. First one, uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4 has been announced. What a coincidence, we're just talking about 3. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, no, that's Budokai 3, not Budokai Tenkaichi 3. They're actually entirely separate games. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Tenkaichi series is actually an arena fighter, where Budokai is more of a 2D fighter. It's entirely separate. Tenkaichi 3, though, is such a love letter to Dragon Ball. I think it's like 165 unique playable characters. Oh yeah, I've heard. I've heard. It's ridiculous, and more of that just just feels good. Like there's a niche for these games that aren't like Fighter Z, peak of the genre, are just kinda okay, but are all the fan service I could ever want and all of the stupid details I could ever want. It's just like yeah, I love those dumb fun kind of games. Yeah, completely. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed to late this year. I needed it. I don't know if it's going to fix it. Yeah, but like, they they heard the feedback. Woo boy, they did. I don't really have anything more to elaborate on. It's just like, yeah, good. For Kevin, please. If it's a, at least a seven, come on, at least shoot for there. I'll take that much. It's, yeah. just, it's so odd with the pedigree that Rocksteady used to have for this to be so mid. I, I guess people just left. Happens with those studios. I, I I get it, but, like, when you go back to the thing, it just hurts extra bad. Yeah. I get that. All right, and then Guilty Gear Strive, it, for its second season of DLC, adds Bedman? I love that character design so much. So looking My at that character God. design, I want you to guess their story. I, I, I know most of it. I, I, I was so, Damn it. like... Sorry, sorry, but like, how do you not, how do you see a character design like that and not go to figure out more? Why is the bed just moving around on its own? Well, because it's her brother. It's her brother, and it's possessing yeah. the bed. Yeah. And she's just kind of there, not really participating as he protects her, and it's kind of horrifying and adorable at the same time. I love Guilty Gear Strive's character design so much. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I like this evolution of the character more than just the original conceit of Batman. Yeah. Even though I really like the story conceits of Batman very much. I love that everyone, you have to, you have to say it with a question mark. I, I love that the question mark is just there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's the name. <laughs> yeah, Batman. All right, we're in grand finals. It's Soul versus Batman. <laughs> so you feel like Luigi. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Also uh, teased was That Man is coming in May. And that's you can a finally play big as That deal, Man. Right? Sorry, what was that? That's a big deal, right? If what I understand about Guilty Gear. He's like, he's like the villain? Yes. I mean, he's not the villain anymore, but for decades he was the villain. Okay. Okay. Cool. Didn't they also confirm season three as well? Did they? I think so. I remember Bad seeing Man? that headline. Bad Man. I believe so. But yeah, uh, it's good. They're basically wrapping up the story for the villain in the main cutscene or main storyline. Asuka's got a podcast on the moon right now. So good for him. They can join the fighting game finally. 
Yay. I'm just I'm just ready for full projectile mage bullshit coming out of him. Let's go. <laughs> uh Persona 5 The Phantom X, a new free-to-play mobile game for Persona 5 has been announced. That was not the spin-off I was hoping for, but okay. It's shocking how much it just is we have Persona 5 at home. Because it really does look like perfectly recreated and emulated, but low-budget Persona 5. I do like, believe like, it's a Chinese development team, but yeah, that's it's, it's focused just on mobile. Unofficially branded one of those. It's, it's an official knockoff. Yeah. At the same time, it has, like, the best design for a Velvet Room attendant. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, here, here's girl Ryuji. Here, say how much she loves being a ghosty stealer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so frustrating when that game is good. Because we're at the point where mobile games are just video games now. They're just allowed to be good. I will, I mean, we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Genshin Impact exists, and it's like, oh, I'm a good game, and I will ruin um, your life. Is it, though? Yes! It plays like an actual video game. It just also ruins your life. I guess. Like, okay, okay, tell me the issues with Genshin Impact that are entirely gameplay related. T- tell me your objections. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll come clean. I don't actually know. I've never, I don't even know how the game plays. <laughs> it's like Breath of the Wild, but action. We have unique abilities for every one of your gotchas or whatever. I, I, I just see screenshots of it and I just feel nothing inside. I see video and I'm like, oh, wow, if I didn't know what this would was, I, I would be in. If I were 13, I would be giving it so much money that my parents have and not me. <laughs> like, I bought into fucking Adventure Quest and RuneScape. This would ruin me. <laughs> ah, you dodged a bullet there. Did I? Because then we would have the unique situation where in 20 years, the alternate universe version of me would be like, yeah, Genshin Impact was really important to my childhood. (laughs) It's that same top 10 list, but talking about the emotional impact, Genshin Impact, that rap really spoke to me. I just felt inspired to be a better person. I love her. She's just a cute little ghost girl. She she was my favorite VTuber. Oh, boy. But yeah, this uh, Persona 5 game, it it could be good. Uh, It'll probably have, like, a lore bit that'll be like, shit, I have to watch a full breakdown that someone does on YouTube for this. Yep. It's gonna explain what happened to Akechi. God damn it. It really might. It might be an alternate (laughs) universe he's fallen into. (laughs) Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine, announced for PlayStation and Steam. Okay. Remember Super Meat Boy? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's been so it. long since I've ever thought of Meat Boy, but that guy was everywhere. That was like, oh, indies are starting, and it's headlined by Braid and Meat Boy. And then, and then he just dropped off here. Vanished. Yeah. Like, I know they had, like, Super Meat World or something, but just, man, that died so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I really like Mean Bean Machine. It's, it's my favorite skin of Poyo Poyo. 
Oh, yeah, it looks neat. I guess. But you know what looks even neater? What? A brand new Persona-style RPG, which I know you love those, featuring the Golden Girls! The Golden Girls take Manhattan DX announced! That's so funny. Oh my god. This generation was missing its Barkley Shut Up and Jam Guide, and I didn't put Barkley Shut Up and Jam Guide on my list, did I? Damn it. (laughs) It's just what happens when you have that list. You're just going around. I know, it's right there. Oh, my God. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh. But the Golden Girls take Manhattan. Fully Persona-style RPG. In the works. All fan-made. Damn. And it's fan-made, so they actually be legitimately good and hilarious. Oh, my God. If they have, like, the full Shoji Meguro version of Thank You for Being a Friend... With the whole rap verse in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god. I'm not the biggest Golden Girls fan, but like, that's an impossible to hate show. Oh, for sure. Like, I barely know anything about it, but like, it, you, you, you can't hate it. You, you yeah. just can't. I did not grow up with enough sitcoms, but if it were on, I would always watch it because they're just such good comedians. Just, ugh. All of my hope and faith, this could be a Game of the Year contender. It absolutely (laughs) could. If they nail this, what's its peak? What could be better as a comedy game? I'm just picturing Jeff Keighley announcing that in the Game Awards and it's being part of the orchestra at the end. (laughs) Oh my god. A fancy orchestra version of Thank You for Being a Friend after whatever fucking AAA game. And then immediately into some Nintendo bullshit. Yeah, just from that to Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Shifts to Zelda's vocals in some song in there or something. I don't know. Oh, God. But yes, eagerly awaiting the Golden Girls RPG. I have a note here for Wargroove 2. Yeah, Wargroove was a pretty neat game. Uh, Kind of a spiritual successor to Advanced Wars, just in a more fantasy setting, as opposed to Advanced Wars, more like just traditional military, modern. Mm -hmm. And it did well enough to get a sequel, which is pretty cool. Uh, If anybody out there likes Advanced Wars, try those games out. They are very charming. One of the commanders is just a dog, and he inspires his troops with his sheer nobility and beauty. I do love just a dog. That is very good. That is a that's a very Yakuza thing to do. Oh, for sure, for sure. It, it, it's that kind of tone throughout. Crash Team Rumble is releasing June 20th, with a closed beta for pre-orders open on uh, April 20th. Neat! Yeah. I am seeing a lot of negative press because it was announced that this game is releasing for $40. So everyone is going, I knew it would be shovelware shit. I see her going, but- Crash Team Racing Nitro Field released for the same price. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. That just means they're trying to get more people. Hi-Fi Rush released for half price. Come on. Yeah, I just... Could they very well be right? Yeah, absolutely, they could. But at the same time, it just... It really upsets me just having people decide that this game is going to be bad because it's not what we want before anything has happened to it. And yeah, maybe it's gone through development hell, maybe it'll be shit, but like, shut up and wait. Yeah, like, don't make the conclusions when you don't have enough information to uh, base them off of. If, If you're this upset about it, 
you have the time to make a YouTube channel and make money off of it instead of just bitching on the internet. <laughs> so, like, use that free time for something that matters, like making a YouTube channel. Yes, that's that's that should be the top of the priority, nothing else. Exactly. There's, there's nothing better you could be doing right now. Exactly. YouTube is a very welcoming community. You'll have no issues finding an audience. But you know what won't have issues finding an audience? What? The Japanese birth rate crisis, because guess what's going to fix it? Hideki Kamiya releasing Bayonetta Origins, which will solve it. What kind of a transition was that? That's right. (laughs) Japan's declining birth rate has been an issue, but as soon as people see how cute Cereza is, boom. Gonna be babies everywhere. All across the nation. I want to know so badly if he actually believes that. Uh, I I know it's a tweet. I know it's being taken out of contest, but at the same time, it's I'm not so going to not mention it. <laughs> I go like if he actually believes that. That explains so much about Bayonetta three. Oh, just being like, no, we have to inspire you to have babies. You need it. Have you this seen doesn't... Spy Family? It needs help. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Anya alone cannot solve this problem, but with Cereza behind her. Yes, because knowing that grows into Bayonetta is absolutely going to inspire, like, oh yeah, the teenage years with this kid won't be bad at all. <sighs> yeah, fuck that game. <laughs> oh, they even add backstory to make the twist be like, no, 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 it makes sense, see? Secret childhood friends, though. Oh, okay. I see how it is. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so mad. I am angry at this game. Mm. Yes. Good luck, yeah. Japan. I'm so glad that you have been redeemed. Absolutely. This will fix everything. Yeah. Um, I do have notes here that you reached out to some people about Mortal Kombat 11 oh, per oh, our previous God. discussion. God damn it. I, oh, man, I was in such a vibe. Okay, but yeah, I, I was, after we had that conversation, I was just like, I backed off because like, you know, I just don't know enough about this story. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking for a bit and like, I realized that, wait a second, I actually like have the resources to like know a lot about this because like Duke lore, video game animation was something I spent most of my life working to be in the industry of. It's what I entered university classes to study. So I got a lot of friends that are still in the industry, and I've got, like, professors that I can reach out to. So I was just curious if I could find some deeper insight on the story, just to kind of just, I don't know, add to it some context. Uh, but I, I think it's important just to explain, like, what the story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, about four years ago, an article was published about a Mortal Kombat cinematics developer that was diagnosed with PTSD after working on animating Mortal Kombat 11, because there's hyper-realistic gore in that game, and animating something like that requires reference images. Injuries of actual living things, murder victims, hangings, it was gross. They described horrifying vivid dreams, losing copious amounts of sleep, Describing other people who worked with them, um, describing ex- their experiences like seeing other living things as just piles of meat, uh, which is awful, but didn't also didn't spark any sort of response. And it's I, I only knew about it tertiarily, but that always just kind of struck me as weird. So I just kind of reached out to some uh, 
friends and animation professors, as well as to, to actually have several family members that actually work in medical fields with actual gore, just to kind of just compare things. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do I put this? I I'm not saying I don't believe the story, but I'm not ready to accept it as fully factual either, and I heavily disagree with scapegoating Netherrealm over it specifically. Uh, to, to explain that last bit first, basic rule of thumb with mature animation is that if you want to create something realistic, you've got to have a realistic reference to make that thing happen. This mm-hmm. is true of film, TV, video games, everything. I'm, like, I'm not saying this is just as a, be like, oh yeah, you guys need to leave Netherrealm alone. Absolutely, if this bothers you, like, go after them. I think mm-hmm. this is a topic worth discussing, and I think the industry has gotten too comfortable with it. But to be mad at just Netherrealm, from my perspective, is a bit of a narrow view that doesn't fully understand that side of the industry. Like, I, I barely got into it myself, and I went to a class where we were told to stay away that if we were averse to working on mature content. I've been shown references from slaughterhouses for footage. I've been told that some developers use cadavers to more realistically show things. Now, obviously, this is just from one university's perspective. It's not a whole, like, this is how everybody learns it. My, my professor right, did right. clarify that someone that was self-taught might be blindsided by it, but it is still a industry norm. Everything from Mortal Kombat to Diablo, uh, Alien Isolation, Until Dawn, uh, Gears of War, God of War, a lot of those, Doom. Th- there's a lot. Anytime you're seeing, like, a guard's throat get bitten out in Resident Evil to intestines spilling out of somebody's body in The Last of Us, uh, necromorph limbs hanging by a thread in Dead Space. Like, th- there was definitely something gross involved in getting that to look like it does. Like, you can absolutely be disgusted by that. I'm not saying you can't be, but, like... Right, right. That Target the practice at large. It drives me nuts when people complain about, like, crunch culture, but still gush over Japanese games. Like, that that's literally the work culture of Japan right now. Well, it depends on the company, but... Yeah, but it, it's it's the cultural norm there. The ones that don't are the exception, not the rule. Well, well yeah, I understand from, that. From, from, what is, know, but... from what I know. I'm not an expert. I, I should clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even then, that doesn't mean something didn't bad didn't happen at Netherrealm. But after looking over the story, I have a hard time placing the blame on Netherrealm for at least fully on the studio. Because mm-hmm. despite how widespread it was covered, it comes from a single source talking to an anonymous source who is sharing the experiences of other anonymous people. And the reporter is also Kotaku, who I just... It's, it's it's not that I don't trust the reporting, but I also don't trust most big-name gaming news sites to share stories without <sighs> dramatizing them. Without spin, yeah. Yeah, in a way that will capture the most engagement as possible, without drumming up the con- we, we talked about this with, like, jokingly with titling our podcasts. Yes. And when your income relies on that. Yes. Because when I was reading the story, I felt like I was reading cherry-picked quotes of a larger interview that sold the story in the most in the way that allowed the story to be written. Because like, when I first heard about this story, I thought that maybe a developer that was hired for Injustice 2 was moved on to Mortal Kombat 11, they didn't really have a choice on working on a much more severe game, and the like, you can't exactly just stop working at a job. You need income. Mm-hmm. And that was just an unfortunate healthy environment that just broke their brain. But it's hard to tell if that's the case here, and the scraps of context are just concerning, for lack of a better term. 
from what it sounds in the interview, the person recognized this was bothering them pretty early on, but they personally felt inadequate for being affected like that. They, like, quote, weak, spineless, shitty, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They decried that there was no process or procedure for anyone that might need to step back from the violent content, but they also never mentioned that they went to their superiors with the issue. And that's a huge red flag to me. That's understandable. Because, yeah, because, like... It's awful that this happened to them, but if you don't tell a boss that you have a problem in the workforce, like, you, you can't blame them for something they couldn't possibly know about. Well, you could blame them if there's no recourse for that, or it would be a hopeless situation for that. That's that's very common in the gaming space, however, yeah, yeah, we do not have enough like... information to make a judgment call. On that. Exactly, exactly. It's which makes the story so complicated because, like, maybe there's a toxic culture there, or at least I would definitely uh, understand if there's like a culture of just indifference towards it. Mm -hmm. I could totally see that. It's yes. hard to go against the grain. The company has been consistently pushing every piece of hardware they've worked on to show just the most brutal stuff they can. I could absolutely see them being so worked, so just used to it that they've grown numb to the idea that newcomers are just gonna see this and think, "Oh shit, this is the worst thing I've ever seen." Right. And I hope that story was a wake-up call if that's the case. But given that Netherrealm didn't even deign to respond to it, it's hard to tell just the, the legitimacy. Like, my, my professor added on that the thing that bothered him most, the biggest question mark, was that in those sorts of scenarios, people that were bothered by that would just be reassigned to an animation area that dealt with less viscera. Like, mm -hmm. from what I know about Mortal Kombat 11, instead of Sub-Zero ripping out somebody's spine, you work on Johnny Cage punching Kano in the balls. Right. But if you're not, if that discomfort isn't communicated, the chaos of video game development is not a place that's going to notice that sort of thing. Which could be a, uh, which again, like, I'm not saying that no nothing's wrong at Netherrealm. I just, I just feel that the, uh reputation they have received of just like, oh yeah, we caused our developers to have PTSD. I think it's a little more complicated by, than that because this is not just Netherrealm. This is this is uh, Naughty Dog. This is this is Bethesda. This is whoever makes Gears of War. I'm not quite sure off the top of mm -hmm. my head. And I, I, I also think it's a bit of a lesson of like even if you're you have to communicate when you're having a problem, even if if everybody else doesn't. Like there's only so much. I, I, I don't know. That, that, that's getting into, like, social issues of just, like... Yeah. That, it, it's a matter of recourse topic. that depends on the company itself, as well as the natural societal pressure, which is, I, I think we can say very clearly across multiple industries, is fucked. Yes, absolutely. I suppose... I will admit I was willing to buy into the story because ultimately I find that the, the that the direction that Mortal Kombat 11 has taken was generally poor and that having that story to conflate my general distaste with the game and its use of gore it its use of many of his aspects really like oh my goodness I understand what you're trying to do with Ronda Rousey guys but please <laughs> Please, you really could have picked a better voice actress there. But just in general, what Mortal Kombat 11 was doing presentationally was of great distaste to me. Oh, yeah, just I... from just from a directorial standpoint, because when other titles use gore, such as The Last of Us, such as Dead by Daylight, such as any 
given horror aspect, the objective there is, in fact, to be horrified, to be disgusted. When, when you're expressing your emotions as an artist to someone and going, I understand this and I'm conveying it to you, then that's a different feeling than the celebration of it that Mortal Kombat does. And I'm not saying that the celebration of gore cannot work. Resident Evil 4, just this last month, does a brilliant job of making things explode into gooey bits and it being a really funny power fantasy. But that's the thing. It makes it just a fun explosion of gooey bits. It's a moment in there. Mortal Kombat puts that to the forefront. It makes it its focus. You dig in. You feel the viscera. Johnny Cage puts his head out through his daughter's chest that he's torn apart with his bare hands. Goes, here's Johnny, and rips her apart. And in a vacuum, is that funny? Absolutely. Are the individual pieces of that all coming together? And the amount of hang time in between each individual bit kind of disgusting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like, it goes too far for my taste as well. But the references for both would be pretty similar. I do agree that reference work for both would be similar. I would argue that getting there into the exact process of making a head explode versus digging the fingernails in and tearing it across like a tin can, like a can opener, and just slowly watching the fingernails turn around or something like that, I think that's going a little far. Also, oh, yeah, they make Kano pee in his intro, and I don't like that. <laughs> I, li I like Kano as a weird murdery man. I don't like him as a gross male. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just want to point out that it's not an isolated case. Like, personally, the thing that's always that's horrified me the most in any game is The Last of Us Part Two, which didn't just go for, like, like really realistic, just, like, you'll see somebody's stomach sliced open and the intestines will spill out and just... But what bothers me the most in that game is, like, the sound effects and the audio design just were clearly yes. done to be, like, as realistic as possible. And, like, knowing the industry, that had a reference. I agree with you. E even in the story itself, they talked about a guy that worked on Outlast that had to model dead babies for that. Like, I just want to broaden the conversation to be like, okay, like, yeah, this sucks, but, like, they're all also doing it, like... Don't scapegoat this one. There's, there's a bigger problem here. No, no, I I agree with you, and I appreciate the extra legwork you've done. I also just want to double down on my stance of fuck Mortal Kombat 11 in specific, though, because that's not a great game. That's fair. That's fair. Like, as much as Netherrealm, I don't harbor ill will toward at the moment. Mortal Kombat 11, I do, if, if that makes sense. I can see that, yeah. I think the directions here started with 9 and 10. This is just a natural progression of the technology getting better to show this. Uh, my, again, from my professor, technology to show this kind of gore is only very recent because to do it, you either need to instantaneously summon a bunch of models or constantly model somebody's interior in addition to the exterior, and that just hasn't been possible. Right. So I don't know if it's as much a uh, separate direction as just the technology is finally caught up to the direction that they're trying to do. Because, like, Mortal Kombat literally invented the ES ESRB, pretty much. Well, yes, but I I'm saying that in previous Mortal Kombat games, there was more of a pop. The fatality was the punchline, as opposed to the fatality being the entirety of the gratuity. 
Yeah, it's a comedic routine that takes way too much long on a joke that when you take that long on it, it's not... It loses its effects. I agree. It's it's the direction of it. Like, to, to defend an actual Mortal Kombat fatality recently, uh, Cassie Cage's selfie fatality from Mortal Kombat 10. That one's fantastic. It has the clear joke in it, and the payoff is the funny, uh, look at Cassie Cage posting on the gram about her fatality. Like, that works for me. The slow dissection of another human being that can only be posted on YouTube if it's Devora specifically, because she doesn't have that same kind of viscera. Mm-hmm. I, that I doesn't watched, land. Yeah, I watched a rate the finisher for a lot of these. I, I regret doing so. Like, God, does that game go too far? There yeah. is still that in there. Like, you have, like, Rain's fatality shooting a hole through someone, and then, like, there's Rain and all the three other ninjas that are in the game doing the queen pose. Like, the identity is still there, they just went way too hard on the singular aspect. I do agree that it's a misstep of direction, a heavy misstep at that. Mm -hmm. I could absolutely see Netherrealm just not taking into account, like, you know what, this kind of might scar people. It, that happens a lot, of just being like, thinking you're fine at one point, and then realizing afterwards, being like, oh, nope, not fine, not fine at all. Yeah. But I also do think this story has been conflated. Like, in the story, they describe one developer saying, like, Oh, this, the, he only sees his dog as meat now, which sounds awful when you hear it, but when you look at the wording, it's not them saying that, oh, they can't even see the life behind it, it's just they're so used to looking at x-ray shots, which isn't ideal, but it's not the, like, lacking the ability to see life or sentience in other things. That's why right. I talked to some of my doctor family members, because I was curious to see if that happened in other areas to just regularly work with anatomy, and it is a thing. Like, morticians, mm -hmm. doctors, surgeons, it's... If you know where things are, you start to be able to picture them because it's part of your job. Right. I don't know. I, I just dial it down to a 7 from a 10, people. Like, it's a good discussion to have, but let's view it in the vacuum of the industry. Outside of the, the vacuum of Mortal Kombat and is in regards to the writer industry. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Get angrier. Yell at more <laughs> people. That'll work. Yes, because yelling on the internet... Works all the time. Unless it's Sonic for some reason. It surprisingly does. More than you'd hope, but less than you'd expect. Yes. You know what also works more than you'd hope, but less than you'd expect? What? That's right, the IRS! <laughs> if you want to combat them, you can play this new visual novel that helps you file your taxes by dating a cute anime girl named IRS. Or Iris, rather. That sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> All you have to do is tell her your social security number, and she'll help you file your UX 2022 tax return. <laughs> That's not going to be data collection at all. No, How, what not could at all. possibly go wrong? I do think that's hilarious. And uh, maybe the person behind it had a... Like, just had good intentions, but, like, is... Are you sure? We'll do it together whatever pace you're comfortable with. <laughs> no, it's brilliant, but at the same time, shit. Oh, God, I'm just reading these over. Here, come on, stand a little closer to me so you can see better. Is this SSN correct? <laughs> That's so awful! <laughs> oh, it totally is. God, I'm so glad I've already filed my taxes, so I don't have to do this for content. Same. <laughs> uh, 
hover over somebody else's shoulder. That way you can still get to it, but not risk your actual well-being while doing so. Yes. <sighs> That's... I can't wait to see someone stream this and have their life ruined. <laughs> I shouldn't say that shit. However, at the same time... You don't wish it upon somebody. I don't. But the act of seeing it would be so... Just monumentally funny. This is a car crash equal to the Mortal Kombat stuff, but I find it much funnier. <laughs> okay. But you know what isn't such a car crash, but hits similar vibes? What would that be? That's right, it's VTubers! And Idle Showdown, oh, the Hollow Life theme fighting game, has been revealed and is releasing this spring. Oh, VTubers were the barrier that I hit. I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to understand this. What? what? Why? Did, like, what? <laughs> it's, it's just a puppet show. They're, they're just Arlo, yeah, but sure. anime. But, like, just the, the followings they get and just... Why, why do you hate Arlo so much? I love Arlo! I love Muppets! Just something about this one weirds me out! Then why can't you I get into Mori Kalalope's discography? I don't know! Why can't you enjoy the white woman rap? Okay, that one should be obvious. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I get the idea of, like, a visual representation. Like, I, I have the cartoon little crown guy. I, I get that to an extent, but just becoming the anime. So, something I I don't know I don't know I I can't articulate this yet I need to think about this more. You, you want to know a secret? What is the secret? I auditioned for Hollow Live. I did not make it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be fun. I still have an unlisted video that is my audition on my YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, you know what? <laughs> I can see why it would. I from that angle. Of just doing it, I can kind of see the fun of it. I just don't understand the communities that surround it. It's just, you get, you get to make a and d character, and that character is your online presence. But, yeah. And then you get to perform a puppet show for people. That's really while playing parasocial, though. It's oh, the, it it's is. The, it's the parasocial side of it. That, that's what bugs me about it. That, that just feels uncomfy. It is, but all content creation is that. Why do you think I lean into it so much? Well, All yes, of my but friends listening. There's, there's levels of it. There's there's one side to be like jokey, like haha, you're trapped here with us. You are, by the way. Just to be clear, you're invested at this point. You can't go away now. We, yeah, I would say there's the door, but we've taken it away. <laughs> yeah, you, you you've spent hours listening to this. You're not gonna let it end it before the end. Yeah. Even if you did, even if you made a point, you'll be back. You're never leaving. <laughs> We're too good of friends right now. <laughs> I mean, but the, where would you be? The, <laughs> Who would you listen to other than me? Do you know them? Can you tell me them? What do they do that I don't give you? What can I give you more, honey? What do you want? Yeah, but then lean into that. And just for real, though. That's how Hollow Life guy could just... I yeah, but like their Vampire Survivors game is really good. Okay, like, if it's fun, sure. Yeah. And, like, they're just fun for clips, and, like, I, I find the fandom around them is fine as long as it's not fanatical, which is true for any YouTuber, yeah, I find. Yeah, you could say that about anything, dude. Exactly. I'm fine. Like, I still quote Corona's vernacular 
And I'm saying at this game, I'm like, if Pekora has command inputs for her laughs that are directional inputs, I'm gonna laugh so hard. <laughs> like, there's none that I actively follow, but I find them enjoyable. I find them talented as entertainers, so. All right, yeah, I, I can respect it from that angle. Yeah, I, I get you, I get you. I'm just, I just think it's neat. Um, a game based on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, in the style of God of War, is now in development. That could be so good or so bad. It's so hard to tell when it comes to brands like that. Uh, for context, this is a darker Leonardo solo story, which I believe is alternate universe where the other turtles are dead. Uh, do we know the developer of it? Um, let me... Let me toss you the story real quick, because I don't recall. It's very early on. This won't be out for years. Okay. Uh, Unnamed studio by Paramount Global. Okay, so, so that could be, that's a shock. This is dark. as early as possible while confirming it real. Okay, like, could be cool. Yeah. I will be interested to see in the, the 2026. The owed a good new game. Beat em up was pretty good. Oh yeah, Shredder's Revenge. Oh yeah, but that's an homage to their '90s beat em ups. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's I want a new Turtles forwards. game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you. I get you. Because like early in video games, they were so emblematic. I did like how they appeared in Injustice Two. That Dude, was pretty. I neat. could be gaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such a fun move set. Yeah, they just they just deserve more. I would love a good Turtles game and go, yeah, I'm playing the Ninja Turtles game. It feels great. Mm -hmm. uh, that couple shorter stories that came in right in the buzzer. Uh, Multiversus is closing its open beta on June 25th. The award-winning best fighting game of 2022 <laughs> will actually launch in 2024. Yeah, that a lot of how that worked felt scummy. Yeah. Just the battle pass and stuff, but I also feel like that was the only path the game had to actually fixing its problems. Yeah, I agree. It's just, we're already having so many Multiversus post-mortem videos out, and just going, yeah, it wasn't even out yet, guys. Like, okay, uh, I am curious to see how they try to bounce back from that, because if you're going to take that route, you gotta, like, impress when you come back. Yes. Will like, they be able to do that? Taking the game away, interesting call, probably honestly the right call. I'm intrigued. If if they can bring in a story mode. They they can't the Kevin's back. not there. Well, you wouldn't have to voice it. You could do just like a comic book style kind of deal. Where it's just visually being I told. I would want it voiced. Yeah. That would set yeah. it apart. Or not even would set it apart, it would just make it above the bare minimum smash standard <laughs> yeah that that's where they that's the direction they can go and we'll, we'll see if they try to set themselves apart or continue chasing after all might's cult tales yeah and just last one e3 is officially canceled it is dead what a shock nobody saw this coming oh uh, especially not jeff keighley Nope, it's not. He has been rubbing his hands for the last three years, just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally poised to take over." He tears up, going, "Okay, I don't know who could have possibly done this." While looking at the smoking gun in his hand, <laughs> not even trying to hide it, as he goes, "But he's wiping some his of tears my best friends are E3s." 
yeah. It's been dead for too long to care. I have like, good memories of E3 regardless. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Because like, it's not really that it's dead, it's just that it's not all together anymore. I like it more than the Game Awards. I like how unabashedly everyone is just there to sell me something, instead of pretending they're there for meaningless awards. I would, yes, I think, I think Gamescom is a happy medium that I enjoy. And I do really love the dedicated presentations, just like indie games and stuff that have come with Summer Games Fest. Yeah. I will miss the Devolver. I mean, Devolver Digital is probably still going to do something. They're going to have fun with this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Devolver is seeing this and going, hee, 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 I am ready. It's ready and Scott the Waz at the same time is going, hee, 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 I get a vacation. <laughs> you say that it's a vacation, but it's actually just stretched out over multiple months that you have to pay attention now. Yeah. All right, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the Tears of the Kingdom thing? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom gameplay came out. Um, my The funniest recollection I've seen of this is everyone just memeing it with that Dave the Barbarian quote, the only one that everyone knows. You know, the, thinking quickly, Dave made a handmade megaphone using only a beaver, a string, and a megaphone. It, it does kind of feel like a tech demo taped on top of another tech demo. But it does look fun for what it's trying to do. And I am intrigued. I am solidly not interested. This is not what I wanted from the game. <laughs> I, I totally get that. Like, it's... I wanted more structure, you gave me more experimentation. And I get that that's probably a good direction, because that's the direction that got you all of the accolades forever that no one will shut up about. I personally am good. If I see a dungeon that actually properly, you like, like, like forces you to come up with specific solutions to approach the problems, that's not just the shrine puzzles, like, give them a more, like, forced creativity, I guess to call it. Nah, it won't have that, because you gotta be able to do it with your catapult made of frogs or whatever. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm just copium. It's not what, the direction I want for the series, but, like, it's, it's... If you're excited, awesome! Am I excited? No, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. I'll still probably play it, just out of... I've, I've devoted too many videos to it at this point, I need to know how it happens. For ten extra dollars? Hell no, I won't. Alright. I think that's all the news. Well, yeah, that's fair. Alright, games coming out in the month of April. Those include... The Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. That's actually a great deal of titles. Just don't start with one. Just, it's okay if you go straight to two or three. Holy <laughs> shit, some of those levels in one are miserable. Uh, Advance Wars Reboot Camp, finally. Finally. Dead it's Island 2, even more finally. Ha! <laughs> right, that exists. And uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That one. That's the one I want. That looks a lot more like the Jedi Knight, Jedi Academies, at more so than the previous ones. I like what they're doing with the companions. I'm cautiously optimistic about that one. I would like to play it, please. I think I'll get Advanced Wars and just that. I like Wargroove too much. It is quite good, like, seriously. No, 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 I, I entirely believe you, but, like, I just want to replay that. I want to, I want to feel Black Hole Rising again. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, and Ridley and Exilia will come out at some point. Yeah, I am I am at 57 minutes. 
It is going to be over an hour long. It'll happen at some point. Well, you got my promise. Um, also, tease you guys, I'm working on something Zelda-related to tie into the release of that game that is Breath of the Wild 2. Nice. My brain is dying right now. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, do we want to justify skipping over the bonus stage because it was kind of like a half-guiding episode? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Um, sorry, guys, uh, my rant on He-Man will last another day, but I, I don't have the energy for it. So, uh, was it? Yeah, comments! 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 We got quite a few this time. Uh, let's grab... This one was interesting to me. From 3XHS, what popular video game from the past do you most wish did not become popular? And how would the modern la gaming landscape change if it had never been? What, what is the finger you point at being like, oh, I don't like how games change because of this one? Ooh. Oblivion. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. I just don't like that game at all. And everything they add to games is something that I don't like. Like, that game irrevocably changed the conversation on games in a way that I feel is negative. Because that was the time where that game sort of triggered a weird xenophobia toward Japanese games and especially JRPGs. Because now we have Western RPGs that are much better than JRPGs, and we don't need boss fights anymore. These are all weird, outdated things. And that lasted for, like, a solid decade. And on top of that, I just don't like the gameplay loop of Oblivion at all. I don't like the things it introduced. I don't like the feelings. I don't like the reliance on larger stars from outside of the industry. I know that was sort of the thing before, but God, was that pushed. Mm -hmm. For a character that dies in, like, the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can absolutely agree with that one. Maybe not fully agree, I like some of the things introduced, but, like... If, if I could keep Bethesda from getting as big as it was, that'd be great, too. Because then they could make games that are, are, like, neatly written, as opposed to games where it's like, Is big. Does game. For sure. Oh, gosh. Oblivion's a really good answer. I'm trying to think of another. I don't know quite when it started, I th but my brain's jumping to Assassin's Creed Origins. When every, like, action game started getting just gear that would just increase your stats, and every kind of difficulty all of a sudden just devolved into, okay, your stats beat the other person. T hmm. Taking... I, I don't want to blame... ARPGs for that, like Diablo or um, Path of Exile? I, I don't quite know which one. Well, I wouldn't one. say that, because those were their own niche thing for years. Yeah, yeah, but they just... Someone figured out how to port those... Maybe Borderlands was where it really started happening? I I don't know. Wherever that trend began, that is now currently, like, it's even affecting, like, currently, like, Suicide Squad, it's why it's being delayed, because it looks so generic. Mm -hmm. That is a trend I could happily do without. And it's uh, easy to blame Assassin's Creed, so I'll blame Origins. All right, if we kill Oblivion, we don't have Skyrim, so we don't have horse armor, which means that DLC Ooh, doesn't yeah! get pushed as hard. There you go. 
Man, I miss expansion packs. God, like, yes. Like, honest-to-God proper expansion packs. Like, the last really good one was War of the Chosen for XCOM 2, and that was, like, ten years ago. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Oh, true, 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 true. Even then, that was kind of more of a pack. I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was, that was still good. That was still good. That was still good. Yeah, uh, Shovel Knight in general. Yeah, yeah. It's a dying trend, and I want it to come yes. back. Yes. I mean, the easy answer is, like, Farmville, but... Oh, God, there's probably some mobile game out there that you could probably point finger. What was the first game to do gotcha mechanics? I don't know. Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. <laughs> Just kill the card games. Kill them all. <laughs> I'm also tempted to say League of Legends because MOBAs killed RTSs, but I like too much of what League spawned afterwards. I, I, I can't kill Teamfight Tactics. I can't kill Arcane. Y- yeah, I... As rough as it is, I feel like League has a place at the table for, like, yeah, you at least kind of deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. If only to make Blizzard very mad. <laughs> yeah. You just, they just pass them and they ruin themselves trying to chase after them. Yeah. Yay. Uh, from Super Dragon Knight, uh, first act- I'm partially signal boosting it, because now that Pierre has confirmed his spot in the dukedom, we need an artist to make the mental picture a reality. Uh, that would make me so happy. I'm not so hard. Like, like you don't have to, but like, I would make that my wallpaper in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) But the actual question is, what game series do you think would benefit from a shift in genre and why? An example he gives is what if Kirby got like a full shoot him up bullet hell kind of just warp star spinoff kind of deal. Okay. Uh, Smash Brothers, because yeah, the series is dead if it doesn't. I, I, it needs something new. I don't know if it's like Soul Calibur, go 3D, go for more of a focus, <laughs> no, just like just make it an RPG. I don't care anymore. It's it's what the people want. They want a story with these characters. They want to see more of these characters. The characters mean more than the fighting game. Yes, I I think it was I think it was an Arlo video talking about he's doing spicy takes and people are more excited for the one minute cinematic for the character than actually playing as the character. And there's a lot of truth behind that. No, that's just right. Yeah. K. Rule and I think Terry are the only exceptions I have to that. I throw Sephiroth in there as so well. Sephiroth was fun. Okay, yeah, Se- Sephiroth is, yeah. Actually, I do like Sephiroth more as his gameplay than his reveal. But the rest of them, nah. nah I just, I just want to see Captain Falcon drinking noodles in Min Min's shop. Yes. Uh, Pokemon doesn't have to do it, but I feel like, like if they just created a separate studio to create a more, like, serious RPG that would go insane. Uh, well, I mean, that's what Coliseum was. Yeah, but that's been ages. Yeah, and it wasn't very good. Okay, well, if they made a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pokemon or good one? Pick one. I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to, I, I know there's good they Pokemon spin They don't have the time to make an RPG in the time that it takes to make a Pokemon game. They can make Snap good? And they can make Unite good, because that's an infinite game. Well, just let Commission Monoliths often make something, I don't know. That sort of brain-dead gameplay would fit the Pokemon nicely. If you had, like, a world like that, with just Xenoblade mechanics, that wouldn't be awful. Moving on. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, and you make it so hard. One of the obvious ones that everyone says is F-Zero is an action game. Yeah, just platinum, do something with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like Captain Falcon as a kinetic grappler 
Like, just the ability to essentially do Nero's snatch, but instead it's him lunging at you to do a wrestling toss in midair that launches into the next one. Mm-hmm. Is probably pretty rad. I know Nintendo doesn't do traditional RTSs, but I'd love something in the Zelda universe off of that. Yeah, like a Total War game, even. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be neat. Yeah. Uh, from Justin, what game would you want to add a prologue epilogue to it if it was remastered or remade? Hmm. Well, that's that's being like Integrate for Final Fantasy Remake, uh, Return to Dreamland with Magalore, Bowser's Fury, kind of. What needs a better bookend or start? I don't think it needs a better bookend or start, necessarily, but I would love to see, for every single Metal Gear game, Ocelot missions. Ooh. Like, now that we have the totality of that character's story, let's see it. Let's see the absolute most backstabbing politics that you can possibly imagine as he works behind the scenes. Like, Hitman-style Ocelot levels, I would kill for. Yeah, yeah. I would really love a prologue to Dead Space centered around Isaac's girlfriend. Just the very initial start of the outbreak, make it more of an alien isolation deal at first and slowly devolve into, oh god, we can't stop this, we can't stop this. No, that is good. That That's a good one. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm happy with that answer. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm... Hmm. Is anything else coming to mind for me? No, not really immediately. Because mo- most series that I would want it from do it in some form, like Resident Evil and Castlevania. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, no, I'll leave it. All right. Um, from Lucas Omega, what is something that can turn your enjoyment of a game off in an instant? And he also asks the, re- ask the reverse of what turns a boring gameplay session into something really enjoyable to you in a moment. Uh, oh, boring to fun? Uh, when they add a rhythm game for no reason. Yes, that was, I was just thinking, like, as soon as something starts moving the, into the beat of the music. Yes, or you just have a random racing section. I love those every time, even like in Chrono Trigger, where it's not very good. That's just fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Just something that shakes with the gameplay formula, like, oh, this is neat, I'll do this for a second. Even if it's as dumb as Rayman's shoe, it's something unique. Palette cleanser. Yeah. Uh, as for turns my enjoyment off, whenever you're in a story-based game, especially one where you have text boxes, and the characters go, okay, let's review what we know so far. God damn, ugh. That's a good one. That's a very good one. If there's ever audio that is, you can tell, has been uh, sped up or slowed down to meet the, uh, like for an, like an English dub or something, like oh, this animation, yes. we can't say that. That just immediately just kills it. They're just like, oh god, you just took me right out of the story. Yep. Um, also, just bad world building in general. If you like exp- establish a rule and then it just immediately break it because the plot demands it, that that just kills it for me. I agree. It doesn't mean the games have to be realistic, but like, if the van in Devil May Cry can like reach everywhere, don't suddenly have someone like, oh, it can't get up there. No, it's a magical van that can bash through any walls, regardless of area. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Otherwise, it's just, like, little things. Like, you'll know the instant if you jump in a platformer, if it's a good game for you. Yeah, game feels really big with that. 
Yeah. And like within seconds, you'll get if you're going to have a good time or not. If multiplayer is presented before single player, that's a Oh, that's a big black eye. Like some games are fine with it, but unless I'm specifically expecting that going in, that's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, Anytime a developer says blank game is the perfect place to start, it is never the perfect place to start, and I will instantly (laughs) stop caring about that game. Uh. Uh, If your battle transition takes more than about seven seconds. (laughs) I'm sorry, Final Fantasy IX, I love you so much, but it's just like 15 seconds. It is Every time. egregious. There is a video out there that compares like a bunch of RPG battle scene transitions, and FF9, I think, is number one. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That's a, it is fun to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When a game's trying too hard to be another game in the past rather than its own thing. Yeah. If you're trying to ride somebody else's coattails instead of setting out on your own. Like, some are fine with that. But, like, I want Wargroove to, like, embrace the fantasy side of it, and which it does, which is great. But if it's just, like... Oh, God, whenever you do remember this, and it's worse than the original... Ah, oh, you, you can't do that unless you're doing it better. You can't. Yeah. It is the riskiest thing, and games will keep doing it again and again, and it'll suck every time. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to do that. If it's better, people will just remember it. Ah, got a question from J. Maldonado. J. Maldonado, I think? Some play on the Monado. J. Maldonado, that's fun to say. Good username. Yeah. Uh, The hero's purpose got me wondering, what are some of your favorite fan fictions, comics, or series that expand on certain franchises in an engrossing or entertaining way? Brawl in the Family has, like, is like half of the reason I like Adeline, and really the entire Kirby cast. Yeah, Brawl in the Family is a great example there. I think it's a big reason why people want the stories with just Smash Brothers more than anything else. Like it, it's the just the core of that. You just want you want these people to interact with each other. Yep. Uh, as for fan fiction, you can just take a gander there. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't don't you fucking worry about it. <laughs> Do you want me to put this like as an image on the screen, or should I just keep this secret? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You you can go like, oh yeah, he just has an AO3 account. <laughs> and yeah, it is just shipping. <laughs> and yeah, it is just one specific couple over and over again. I'm right though. <sighs> but no, I do no, really I, love. I don't- I love fan works. Um, I think the most obvious is Dragon Ball Z Abridged. That, for a lot of people, supersedes the original Dragon Ball Z and just the amount of impact and the ability to digest the story. I don't entirely agree, except for the Cell Saga and some of the movies. I think they nail those. Mm. Like, if someone is a Dragon Ball fan and the only thing they have seen is Abridged, I get it. And in a sense... For especially those last few seasons, you're not missing much. They cover everything. It straight up should not be allowed on YouTube because it is a replacement for the original. Wow, nice. 
Uh, my favorite Halo character is Caboose from Red vs. Blue, and it's not close. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, was it specifically fan content or just all forms of expanded media? Uh, it's, it seems more of just fan-created stuff. Okay. Well, fan fiction is comic series, expansion franchise. I, I guess expanded media in oh, general. Oh, comics? Oh, uh, I, Team Fortress. Well. Team Fortress 2. My god, yes! That's such a good answer to that. It is... I would say that that content is stronger than the game itself. I say that with a lot of respect for TF2, but my god, the combination of the meet the teams plus expiration date plus the comics. It's what makes the game's characters so endearing, because they're working in tandem with each other. Yes, and they inspire more fan works. Yeah, Great video yeah. on that if you want to see more on the Design oh, yeah, 4 yeah, channel. Yeah. yeah. I'm a broken record with Arcane, but I'm right, so deal with it. Mm-hmm. Most of the League of Legends expanded content. Uh, hopefully the Mario movie. <laughs> I mean, it could be good. It could be. Could be really could good. Be. I hope so. Uh, the first two seasons of the Castlevania anime. And then after that, only the scenes with Isaac. I really love Isaac's story. That was a, that was a great direction to take the character. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. The only story that I care about his direction for. <laughs> I still kept some care about the characters, but, like, I it tried. was more of just like, oh, yeah, they're together again. Yay. I, I really tried really hard. What was his name? St. Germain. Just... Oh, St. Germain. I yeah. like him. I like nothing surrounding him. Yes. I like Trevor and Sypha. I like nothing surrounding them. Oh, God, Alucard. Yeah, yeah, no. I was so in to the Hector and Lenore storyline. Until it stopped making sense. I don't know if there was like a time skip or something, and then it's just... It, it, oh, <laughs> the most frustrating conclusion of that story. Yep. Fuck Varney. It's a funny play on Varney the Vampire, I agree, but fuck that character. I did enjoy the lesbian vampires. Oh yeah, no, they, they were great. They were fun. They, they were, were good. fun. Yeah. Uh, oh god, the Metroid manga. Duh. Like, oh, half the yeah. investment I have in those characters is from that. I think oh, I could yes. just have a half of Ridley's character in a game that was in that series. Back in the Final Fantasy XI days, I have never, ever played uh, Final Fantasy XI. Never even looked at cutscenes or story. But there was an old, like, roleplay thread called GM Dave, and it was just a moderator for Final Fantasy XI. I don't know if they were actual stories of him telling how he moderated people, or if he was just role-playing it entirely. But it was some of the funniest stuff as he just broke down various events that he had to moderate in Final Fantasy XI, and it was the most invested I was ever in that game. Nice. <laughs> Including now, having played its theater <laughs> rhythm songs. Uh, I, think, I think we'll do one more. All right. Uh, from Camp the MVP... Uh, if you were tasked with making an indie game-themed crossover game, what would it be and who would be the best picks for it? Indie crossover game. Hmm. Yeah, like, Framemakers and Indie Pogo exist. Yeah. They list it as such, but like, I think there's... Having seen all the stuff between, like, Cult of the Lamb, what, what, what was the... There was, like, beef they had, but then they got married to another indie developer and was presided by Shovel Knight or something. There, there's some goofy possibilities for a dating sim there like if it doesn't take itself too seriously oh yeah stuff like uh namco high or whatever yeah something like that that would be hilarious i think 
what would do best to get that spirit is a lot of indies spawned from platformers and the desire to see that genre brought back. What I would love to do is have a competitive indie game that's more similar to Runbow or something. Just a competitive, simple platforming game and have each indie character have their own feel and some mechanics. You don't have to do all that much. You can create a consistent physics engine for them. You don't have to make tons of moves or sprites. Just enough to highlight them and more importantly, create solid obstacle courses that highlight their games. Indie games have some of the most rich environments and storytelling out there, and I think those need to be celebrated a lot more than its characters do. I like that. Yeah, that's a good way of just hearkening to its history. Mm -hmm. I think that feels like a nice note to end this on. I agree. Yeah, bit of a longer episode, but like we were talking about all 100 of our favorite games. Like, what did you expect? Yeah. It'll probably end up about the same size. Probably, probably. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched. Uh, if you wanted us to talk about one of your comments, just do the hashtag DDG comments. There's probably somebody that's doing it as well. Just copy their format. Uh, please do. Like, not you don't have to do it immediately, but like if you do, take play one of our top 100s. That would be so fun to yes. see take, people take talking about them. Take it down. Let us know. Be so fun. And if you want to try to share your own, like, good luck, but also it's it's so fun to just go through the process of just being like, okay, what do I really value across the history of my life? It's enjoyable when you get the full gamut, and then you realize, oh shit, I only have like 74 right now. Okay, what else do I want? And then you have to cut it down from like 120 from there. <laughs> For sure, you got your must-haves, and then there's this, like, ethereal soup of 50 that you're just like, it hurts so much to, like, cut some of these. I have to go through every single one of the other 49 to be like, nope, you don't beat any of these. It takes a long time, but it's a fun process. It is. Very fulfilling. And then no one talks about it with you as much as you want them to. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll start a trend here. I don't know. Yeah, mayhaps. All right, but thank you all for listening. See you next month. Goodbye.